0: This week on Animation Aficionados, we're playing with power!
1: Again, to Animation and knows This is the special video games episode. Uh, we're joined by my co-host, TV. He's it's Mr. It's-a no. me. And we have with us again our favorite guest, Kitty Hawk.
2: Save me, Mario!
1: And joining us specially just for this episode, and possibly for some future ones, Mike Dodd. Howdy, howdy. So this is Neil's little special here, so I'll give him the reins.
0: Okay, I've always wanted to do a, uh, like a filler episode just based entirely on video games. The same thing we did for the Power Rangers. And some other ideas we have, um, <laughs> except not not insulting. <laughs> we weren't insulting. We were tongue in cheek. <laughs> okay. Blanchard was a little insulting, but that's that's, that's Blanchard. That's Blanchard. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, what I wanted to start out with was uh, our earliest video game memories, uh, whether it's console or PC or whatever. Um, I just remember having the Atari 2600 when I was a kid. And, uh, I I have to be honest, I do not like that console in retrospect. Uh, mo- mainly because of the, the, the joysticks, because they had the thick rubber on it. Uh, yeah. you, you, you try to go one direction or the other, it just like, kind of creaks and squeaks and everything. Uh, the only solution to that was that, was that bat shaped red joystick called the Waiko controller. <laughs> Nothing is awesome, and I still have mine, except that it doesn't work.
1: Yeah, I saw that picture of that controller, the Red Stick controller. Yeah, yeah, that that we also had an Atari in our household, but it was the Atari 2600 comboed with a computer. It it had the keyboard and it had the, the uh, it had the cartridge slot on top, past the keyboard, and I remember because we have the uh, we have the we have that uh, Red Stick controller, and that was actually my mom's favorite, and she. Got ridiculously high scores on Pac-Man with that thing. And we played all sorts of Atari games on it,
0: like Jungle Hunt. Who remembers Jungle Hunt?
2: I, mean, I, agree, okay. I think.
0: Okay, so uh, uh, how about you, Kitty Hawk?
2: Oh, well, let's see. My earliest memory is actually of playing video games. Well, I actually did a comic about it a while back, but uh, my dad had Intellivision and the reason he had an, it was television too. and the reason he had it was, was uh originally they were going to make uh, a computer adapter for the Intellivision, so he kind of talked his um, dad into getting an Intellivision, but then um, the Intellivision 2 came out, and he gave the old Intellivision away, but this Intellivision 2 that we had, I remember it because it had the Intellivoice, you know, the thing that talked. And it would go, It was horrible, it sounded terrible, but, you, but it was great, because it was like, oh my god, it talks. But my earliest memory of it was, my dad was playing Dungeons & Dragons, Treasure of Tarman, and I I kept saying, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, fight the dragon, and, he, and I'm only like three, and he's like, okay, well why don't you play it? And I started playing it, and I was getting a little far in, and he said, we're gonna go get some more video games for you to play, because he thought it was just fun to have this daughter who could play the video game. Like, ooh, this is me. So he bought me a whole bunch of video games and then later regretted it because I totally fell into video games.
3: But
1: yeah. So you I hadn't melded in- with it.
2: Yes, yes, I did. I love that machine. And then my brother almost broke that thing. While there was a typhoon coming in Japan, and he, uh, this was, like, four years later, and he, he kept playing Donkey Kong Jr. over and over, and he finally, the thing, like, overheated, and it wouldn't turn on. Later, we got it to work again, but he started screaming and, like, hitting the glass of the TV, (laughs) and he, he was, he was, like, only five, so it was like, he's like, no, no! And that's when my parents, who had hidden the Nintendo in the closet, brought the Nintendo out because they realized it was going to be a long typhoon if we didn't have something like that. So they're like, yeah, Christmas early. And then we walked in. Then my mother and I walked through a typhoon to go get Legend of Zelda because my dad said, let's get more games. You two go out and get get these games like you listed ones from the box. So, yeah, and then I walked through a typhoon to go get Legend of Zelda.
1: You had to go through your little quest, and you picked it up, you heard... Da, 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 da. Da,
2: da, da, da. That and then some NES Maxes, like those, you know, the ones that had the turbo buttons. That slider. Yeah. And the, yeah. The, the, the eye thing. But I never used that. I only used the turbo buttons, which really came in handy with, like, Mega Man or any shooter. <laughs> you just put your hand on that and just move around. But, yeah.
0: And how about how about like that? Uh,
4: my first memory—I remember getting a Nintendo for Christmas, and in my first two games were Load Runner and Rad Racer.
2: Oh man! And, <laughs> and
4: I remember trying to get the 3D to work on my little shitty CRT, and uh, it just never wanted to work properly. I don't know. Maybe I'm mentally defective, and I can't get 3D to work properly. Uh, but yeah, you had, it, you had the glasses. I had the glasses, and oh, I man. had had this game up until a couple of years ago. I have it again, uh, thanks to fan uh, donations. But uh, yeah, it's pretty kick-ass having the Nintendo much right from the get-go. My parents got me one of the first hundred thousand units, That's which is which was pretty cool. At my height, I had a hundred and fourteen Nintendo games, That's sweet, uh, and then I sold all those off to get a Super Nintendo. <laughs> Oh. And then I and then I sold that for a price I'll tell you about when we started talking about that because it will make you laugh, it'll make you cry. Oh. Uh, and yeah, I, I pretty much grew up a a Nintendo kid. I didn't play my first Atari until this summer. Oh wow! My first Atari game was ET. Oh! oh. You know what? I didn't mind it actually. Um, I beat it, so I was happy about that. Oh! Wow. oh you have a lot of patience. I am the master of finding phones, Elliot. Um, So, yeah, that's pretty much my history. I mean, like, early early on, I mean, I was very big into the arcade scene when I was Mm -hmm. younger. Like, I used to visit my cousin in St. Catharines, Ontario, and I'd always walk over to the 7-Eleven to go play Street Fighter. I sucked at it. (laughs) It wasn't up until the last two years I got really good at it.
1: You finally found the Hadouken?
4: That's right. And let's just say, my, uh, my ken is strong, and I challenge people. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, that, um, then I remember playing the Simpsons arcade machine. Oh, no shit. Gun.
1: Konami. Uh,
4: Terminator 2. I didn't beat that until this year. Uh, I'm still looking for my own arcade cabinet, because replacing the guns for those is a bitch. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else? Um, and then, you know, I did the typical console thing. I didn't get into PC gaming until the Late 90s, and I dropped out around the early 2000s. Same here. Same here. Only recently got back into it. Someone this year donated me like this $1,200 gaming rig. Oh, and
5: nice.
4: It lies. Like, I've got something like 30 or 30 something gigs of RAM in it, or some retarded number. And like this really high end video card. And I only use it to play, like, you know, Duke Nukem and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm not big into all the big. Like, oh my god! I mean, admittedly, Uh, the only reason I wanted a good computer was to play StarCraft and Star Trek MMO. But uh, since those can now be run pretty much on toasters now, it doesn't really matter.
2: Yeah, exactly. I never was a PC person myself, just because I... Well, the, the money just involved in being a PC gamer just kept me from being one until, like... Later on, when I got into some MMOs, but
4: pretty much, I mean, I never yeah. saw the reason to keep up with the tech, no. with, the, with the tech curve. I mean, I was happy when my good old compact Presario, way back oh. in the day, well, heck, could play Mech Warrior three. This,
1: this is this is where I slightly differ from you guys. Um, other than the Atari uh, computer we had, we had computers for the longest time my my parents didn't buy consoles yeah uh, i played computer games uh, the two big game series in my youth were uh, wing commander yeah and uh, quest for glory
2: yeah okay let me let me tell you why why we didn't have pcs around until my brother really wanted one and we went on some bbs's but the way that we got the internet and this basically tells you like the, my my dad's attitude with like computers when, I told, when we told him we wanted the internet because, you know, it had just come, you know, come into our area, there were was, was some uh, providers, and I said, we, we want it, and my dad just kept saying no. And then one day I asked him, well, why do you keep saying no? And he, said, he pointed to the monitor, he said, because they can look through that and see your credit card numbers. Mm. And I said, um, no, that's not how that works. And he went, Oh! Well, oh, guess, in that case here it is well, yeah that's actually what happened like the next day we got the internet we signed up with uh with the local provider and we, we had dial up the next day and like I just remember being like oh my god really that was the reason
4: I had dial up until 2001
2: yeah 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 same, same here Little are
4: 26-4
2: ooh I started out with like a um what did I have well, I started 19 going, I'm guessing Let's see. No, when I started going on BBSs, I had a forty eight hundred and then we immediately <coughs> jumped up to fifty two like no wait, we went to we went to thirty six and then we went to fifty two. And then we had the fifty two for a long time. And then in my second year of college, I got access to the uh the school's like Ethernet network. So I remember that glorious day. When I when I was able to just download a movie in a matter of like you know days, well a day! Oh my God, this was before, and this was before the uh, the university started doing like file shaping or anything like that. Or they caught on to me, going, all right, I'm downloading every single anime album out there. All right.
4: I downloaded a full-length movie on two CDs on a 264 connection. Took me a week on dial-up. Yep. My parents didn't have a phone. Yep. It was uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion's uh, End of Eva was my first series I ever downloaded.
2: Yeah, I remember watching Sailor Moon and shitty little QuickTime videos that were the size of a postage stamp. <laughs> I also remember, you know, downloading a huge pack of NES games. And it, and it took me, like, a week, because I had to do it off and on.
1: The day like, of the
4: emulator.
2: Yeah, and fortunately, I think I was using, what was I using back then that would, well, I mean, I think it was Netscape Navigator lets you sort of pause a download, and then you Oh,
4: I remember those days, when it used to be, uh, what was it, uh, Download Manager, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those things. And those that's how you, sh- that
2: was, that was the way I was able to play, like, some of the NES games I needed to play as a kid. And then later I bought them, but uh, but yeah. Um, no, I was mostly a Nintendo kid growing up, just because you know we didn't have enough money to, like go buy every single system. I fortunately had a friend who had a Genesis, so I was able to go play Sonic.
1: Genesis does with Nintendo. And I and I I
2: always I always wanted a TG16 as a kid, but you know once again it was like well. I either can buy the TG16, or I could buy some games for my Super Nintendo, and I'd rather buy games for my Super. Nintendo.
1: Yeah, the the first console that we had in the house was one I bought from a classmate in high school mm-hmm. for, for sixty bucks. It I got an SNES, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy three, and Final Fantasy two. Actually, four and six.
2: And then what else do you need?
1: And yeah, and I I'm told that I got a hell of a deal.
2: That is a really uh, yeah. That is like phenomenal, even for the time.
1: And, yeah, it was... And I think the kid I bought off of was probably high on something. Well, I mean, but...
2: Okay, like, working at GameStop, I can tell you about people who are high and trading in games, so...
1: (laughs) And I later later traded all those in to pay for a good chunk of a PS2, which tells you how long I had it.
2: Well, no, I did something stupid, too. I traded in my copy of Breath of Fire 2, which I hunted for because they recalled it. And I stupidly traded it in with a bunch of other games just to get my GameCube. I love my GameCube, but I kind of regret doing that.
0: Well, the GameCube is, uh, I think, Uh, is an underrated system. No, no,
2: it's a good little system. It's just, I kind of regret trading in the games, but... I love my GameCube, and I did get it the night before it came out. Shh! Didn't do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, going back to the arcades for a second, I the first time I stepped into an arcade was on vacation in Canada.
5: Oh man! And Damn right, first Canada. Time,
0: first time I saw a Donkey Kong machine, <laughs> and for like a year, I was calling him Mario
5: <laughs> until someone
0: finally corrected me and Mario. pushed me down and said, "Stop calling him that."
2: No, that's okay. Uh, I remember the '80s and people saying Mario. Yeah, yeah Mario
0: I, I, Andrade. Yeah, I <laughs> haven't heard that for, for the like longest time. And then uh, I saw like Happy Console Gamer on on YouTube, and he he says that <laughs> like Super Mario Brothers.
2: Must be like, <laughs> like an accent thing. Like I don't know, but
0: and, uh, Mario. Oh my God, I just said it. <laughs> Mario <laughs> is uh, basically how I. How oh, I came back to love video games because the Atari kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, and uh, yeah. when I got a when I got a Nintendo, you know, it took me like nine months to actually beat Super Mario Brothers, and I could beat it in like five minutes. Yeah. But, uh, you warp or go all the way through? Oh, well, obviously I warp, but yeah, I, I can I can actually cruise through that game without. Warping.
4: <laughs> I've yeah. I've only ever beaten it once, and I've never tried since. Like okay, retiring a champion. Nah!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten how hard that game is because once you once you master it, you can yeah. you can actually jump and land uh, with with like one pixel over over the over the edge, of, like one pixel of Mario's boot. Then yeah. you're a pro.
2: Yeah.
0: I can't wall jump though. I've seen people do that. I'm like, how the fuck do you do that?
2: Uh, they're gods.
0: Yeah, and no. the funny thing is, I actually beat Legend of Zelda first because
2: yeah, I did too
0: yeah because being able to save really helps you you don't have to start from the beginning each and every time
2: yeah it, and also yeah it's a little, a little more slower paced too it's not as like here's a here's some here's some levels and you're timed good luck
4: in i think the first game i ever beat was mega man 2 i'm pretty sure
1: that that game still has an epic soundtrack <laughs>
4: Art. I'll say the box art is terrible, but yeah, I, I think... love the soundtrack to that game.
1: The box art is terrible epic. True. It's, fair enough. Fair enough. It's, it's charming and It's better awful. than the first one. Yeah, Well, you know what? The bad American box art is what the Japanese harken to with the Mega Man 9 cover.
4: Which is... Which I always thought was kind of cool. Which is the one press kit Capcom didn't send me. freaking friggin' but I uh, really, really uh, couldn't uh, watch that
1: one. You wanted that... You wanted that uh, Japanese doing bad American box art poster. Yeah, I,
4: uh, yeah I thought it would have been cool to have. and you look on eBay, they go for like, retarded high prices.
2: Well, yeah. Of course they do. <sighs> They're excellent looking. Don't worry, dude. No, been I many...
4: still got my Street Fighter 2 one, so I'm pretty happy about that. Like, and now you're making any... me wish I grabbed the
1: grabbed the high-density uh, version that was on the share, the, the share file. Though the work card file, when I was working at GameStop corporate. Oh, don't I, worry,
2: someone's already leaked that.
1: Okay, because <laughs> there was they had they had like a high density TIFF somewhere, and I, I was like, oh, that's gold, cool, and I didn't grab it. I was like, eh. definition. Yeah.
2: Well, no, someone someone's already leaked it, so I forgot. I remember I remember seeing it, so I remember someone saying it was from GameStop, so I was like, oh, okay.
1: I have a good idea who that was. But. <laughs>
2: But, you know, whatever. We thank that person for for blessing us with high-quality art.
1: Yes, you probably still listen to this show, so you know who you are.
4: (laughs) Now, one more thing about Mega Man. If you want to check out a really awesome Mega Man band, there's actually a couple of really good ones. If you want something based specifically on on the Mega Man 2 soundtrack, there's a band out of Los Angeles called um, The Megas. They do such a fantastic cover of every level in that they do it as a rock song, it's just oh, amazing. amazing. Go check it out.
1: In the Wiley stages is, a... is epic.
4: Yeah. And then there's one which is the most powerful performance I've ever seen live. I have actually traveled several states to go see these people. It's the Proto Man. Has... inspired oh, Rock. Yeah. He has traveled far. There is
5: a city just skinhead.
4: I have seen them at PAX East twice. I've seen them at MAGFest. I've seen them pretty much everywhere. If they come anywhere near Canada, I make it a point to go. And they are going to premiere, from what I hear, Act 3 at PAX East this year. So if you haven't checked out the Proto Men, you need to do it now. Even if you did download it, make sure you're reading the liner notes to go with it, you get a fantastic story too, so trust me, check it out, the protoband is fucking awesome. <laughs> Moving
5: on! <laughs> Moving on? Yes.
0: Moving on. You no, know, as, hard as, as hard as the original Mario was, uh, I'm really happy that they didn't release the Japanese version of Mario 2, at least not initially.
2: Oh yeah, that would—that uh, really would have turned people off. They would have been like, "No, no thanks."
0: Mar- Mario Two is just—I'm—I'm I'm sorry. Mario One is challenging. Mario Two, the Japanese version, is just a dick game.
2: Lo- well, let, let's call it Lost Levels to to make it easier, because yeah, yeah, but lo- yeah, yeah, Lost Lost. When I remember, I saw Lost Levels. And I didn't get to see it until, um, like, they brought out the All-Stars. And I remember reading about it, and I was like, yeah, that was a really good move on Nintendo's part not to release this.
1: Yeah, and I know some people like to bitch about, it. oh, it's not really a Mario oh, game, it's Doki Doki Panic. Oh, <clears throat> you, you mean like uh, Yeah. It's yeah. Still fun. Yeah, well, the thing is this, a lot of the mechanics and enemies in Super Mario 2 became a definite part of the Mario mythos if you can call it mythos and gameplay. I mean, the bombs
4: the shy guys
1: shy guys, Birdos. yeah
2: yep. Birdo. Uh,
1: Birdo, who's a guy
2: No, it's not a guy That Captain Rainbow um, <laughs> Captain Rainbow solved this so, it's actually a girl. I won't spoil how we know. You need to go check it out. There's a YouTube video of it.
0: <laughs> but there is still transgenderism in, in Super Mario somewhere, and we'll get to that when we get to the game. Oh, yeah. Game. <laughs> but uh, Oh, by the way, speaking of Chris Moore's, on, on 1UP, I actually did an annotation of his entire Super Mario Bros. 2 review, and it's it's just amazing how much he gets wrong. I mean, this guy knows nothing about video games. <laughs> And, yeah, I'll just put that in the show notes. It is, it is epic. I just tear them apart. Yeah, uh, you, you aren't the first, and I doubt you're going to be the last. Yeah. But anyway, um, I really only have a couple more games I want to highlight on the NES before we move on. Uh, uh, there is one game that just cracks me up every time I see it. It's called Sunman. And what Sunman is, is it's, it's a superhero game. And as you're playing it, you're like, hmm, this is kind of like Superman. And you look at the title screen, and you're like, you know, that looks like the Superman logo. Well, it turns out it was going to be a Superman game, and somehow they lost the license, and uh, they just very, oh, very it... quickly did a some some patchwork here and there, and just released it as their own character. It's, if this came out, to, if something like that was done today, they would be so sued.
2: Apparently, they lost they lost their um, their license, and it was probably due to that that weird Batman game. Because I think Batman's the one. Who, uh, Sunsoft is the one that did that Batman game. Is it? Oh, are you talking about the, the one where Batman? Batman
1: one? Are you talking about the one where Batman has a gun?
2: Yeah, the one for TG16. Let's yeah. See. But they yeah. did do
0: the awesome one for the NES as well.
2: Yeah, but I, I don't know if that was Sunsoft that actually did that one.
0: I think it was.
2: Let's see. Uh, well,
0: I don't
2: know. Anyway, so Sunsoft was like hit and miss on.
0: And then there's another game that's kind of similar to that called Journey to Silius, which was going to be a Terminator game.
4: Which wasn't yeah. an awesome Terminator game, but uh, one of the most memorable soundtracks on the NES, that's for sure. There was actually a guy over at Screw Attack a couple of years ago. He's the guy who designed my Screw Attack tattoo, actually, uh, DJ Axis. Did a kick-ass remix of the journey to Silius theme. If you can find it, he used to have a show on there. I can't remember what it was called though, but it was um, the season one anthology, and it was like all the music from the first season of a show, and he mixed it together into this hour and a half medley, and it leads off with Journey to Silius, and it's just it's an amazing piece of like chip tune.
2: Um, one game for the NES that I remember probably kept me a Nintendo person was Final Fantasy. Like, I remember renting that so many times from Farmore, that at times my save was still on the, the, on the cartridge. Which is stupid because, you know, it was a RPG, but eventually I got it from Toys R Us when it was like 10 bucks. And I love that game, and that's actually the reason I kept being a Nintendo person. So, that's one I removed from The Nest that I absolutely loved. I stuck around
4: with Nintendo mostly because of the Ninja Turtles games, though not so much the first one. Yeah, uh, so,
2: uh, you mean hard the game?
4: Yeah, I've never beaten the original Ninja Turtles games, and I have tried.
2: I have ne- I have never beaten the, uh, the original one, because only gods can do that, and that's why the- God created YouTube, so that you could watch other people do it.
0: And why is that the only one on Virtual Console? <laughs> it. I mean,
4: it comes down to um, licensing, which is unfortunate. Yeah, uh, I- I- if you want the original, you can download it on Xbox Live. Although not for too much longer, though. It's not. It's only rated in certain regions now. I think I think only Canada still has it, actually. That and Ireland.
2: What, the, the arcade game?
4: Yeah, go on Xbox Live and try and find it right now. I bet you can. Well, I don't
2: have an Xbox, so... That's because you're a horrible person. Well, that's because what? I, I... No, it's because I own a PlayStation 3. I practically own an Xbox.
4: <laughs> uh, just saying. Uh, no, I, own
2: an, I own an original Xbox. I just never got around to a 360. I'll do it when I'm being completist again. I,
4: I I've lost the account of how many original Xboxes I have. Actually, I think I have one. I think I think I have an original Xbox propping up my desk actually.
2: I have my original. Yes, I, I have my original Xbox. It does not have its original uh, hard drive or its original motherboard or its original. Crawler ports but it does have its original shell the halo green
4: that's very nice i have a crystal one Ooh. and i've got that modded so it can play arcade games genesis games super yep. nintendo games yep. NES games
2: and well, all that cool you're gonna shit. do that well we i used mine as my media player and then when it started to get slow that's when we bought the playstation 3 and then when sony totally you know lost everyone's accounts we said screw you playstation 3 and started using the apple tv more so now we're on I, apple I, I, TV.
4: I use my playstation 3 mostly as a media server
2: we, we, honestly, we, thought... we do that too and use it we, we've used it for blu-ray a few times but honestly i don't i mostly stream stuff off of netflix so the apple tv is like you know, it turns on and it doesn't constantly say, "I have an update." Would you like to do it and like stay here for like hours and hours and hours? My PlayStation, I
4: because I buy most of my movies on Blu-ray. Yeah, that's where I use it the most and the media <laughs> server.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, what I mean, I, I bought some games for it, but like Final Fantasy Thirteen was just such a disappointment that I just yeah, I just I played it. that game for twenty
4: <laughs> hours and traded it in.
2: I played it I, I played it for like one and then when someone said, Oh, like it's good in forty hours in, I went click.
1: Which game um, again?
2: This is Final Fantasy thirteen.
1: Oh god. I, I I actually watched a friend play through the first thirty minutes and I was it lost. was worse than watching someone play eight.
2: Okay, like I, I actually lost all respect for Final Fantasy after twelve just because like you could literally put down a controller and it would play itself. And that's when I said, nope, sorry game, I am not playing you, I don't care if people keep saying, it has a great storyline, screw you, it plays itself, I can watch a movie. Spirits Within was not that bad.
1: It wasn't <laughs> a Final Fantasy mind.
2: movie, though. It was a, It was an okay movie, if it wasn't like labeled Final Fantasy, it probably would have been treated a little better, but no one would have gone to see it, is the problem. And because of it, now we have Squenix. So,
4: although I was going to say, I, I think someone from Square Enix recently said certain games have damaged the Final Fantasy brand. Which I don't know why they're doing thirteen two. Wait, what enhanced- why games Wait, what?
2: Why are they? Why are they doing thirteen two?
4: I don't know. I mean, I think some of the character designs are cool, but not enough to warrant a 13 too. Why
2: don't, they, why don't they do what everyone wants them to do, which is just do a Final Fantasy VII remake and like End have it. a real yeah, and 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 have a real ending. Or yeah, yeah, do, or
1: or do. or do or do a Final Fantasy that takes place in like a, a sword and sorcery adventure setting again
0: versus exactly. all this all this path techno bullshit. Or well, give out. us a proper Chrono Trigger
4: sequel.
2: That's never going to
0: happen. You I mean you didn't
4: like Blue Dragon? So. Oh. <laughs> Games I'm glad I didn't pay for. As I say funny, I went to a Microsoft press conference when Blue Dragon first came out back in 2007. Huh? And the person at the door wasn't checking. So somehow I ended up with like six copies of Blue Dragon. <laughs> it was a good time at GameStop, let me tell you. Oh, man. Did you steal these? No, I'm media, so I might as well have them. <laughs>
2: Microsoft was never really good about, like, being, like, with the swag. They were always like, you want to take all of it? Sure. I remember
4: when they were forcing us to take copies of Vampire Reign once upon a time, and that is the worst, or sorry, second worst game I've ever played in my entire life.
2: I just remember our Xbox rep would come in and tell us about, like, something that was coming out, and then he'd roll his eyes and say, it's not as good as you think it is. And I'd be like, "Come on, dude, care about your job." And he said, "I don't care about my job." The Let me guess. I just get to
4: pitch you on Ninja Blade, didn't he?
2: Uh, I I just remember this. This guy was actually pretty cool, but like the woman who replaced him, like totally didn't know anything about consoles. And like, I think actually did try to claim the whole it could play PC games or something like that. And what? I was like, I, she was just i think she was doing it because her teenage boy wanted games and i don't blame her for it but she just struck me as like she didn't really care i
4: i I think as a woman i think you should have got up from behind the counter and punched her in the box and said you shall not pass
2: i i just i just went whatever i don't care give me my swag thank you the xbox is working uh, I'll you. see. You I'll, you next you goodbye. <laughs> I'll see you next month. Please stop telling the customers lies. <laughs> but uh, oh man, uh, I got Kakuto Chojin, the uh, the band one, because GameStop was getting rid of them. And okay, we took them because you know they were just going to be trashed. So I've still got one in the in the shrink wrap. Woo! Never played it. Probably never will play it. It'll sit in the shrink wrap forever. <laughs> That and my copy of Voodoo Vince, which I got because I sold the most like reservations for something. So I got a copy of Voodoo Vince and I was like, thanks.
4: My game stopped because I always come in with all the new games because typically okay. I get them like a few weeks before release so I get a chance to play through them, right? So yeah. day after release I'll come in and trade them in. And they always look at me, go, There needs to be a mic button because we have to manually enter these into the system. Nice. Um, Nice. Which I always found that to be a nice little thing. And that's something about, I'm glad I got back in the video games around 2004, Mm
5: -hmm.
4: more or less. That's when I really started to really start to love them again. And I started to collect again. Yeah. Uh, Although it sucks though, because my GameCube, which we were talking about before, is a beloved system. I wasn't angry that my fiancé left me on my birthday and left me homeless when I was in college back in 2006, I was upset at the fact that she took my GameCube and sold it.
5: No! Now, the the reason I'm
4: I'm not so much pissed about the system. The system can be replaced. Uh I'm pissed about the memory card. Oh. If the bitch could have mailed me the memory card, I would have been fine. Like, oh, Micah sold your shit, but at least here's here's your save games. Nope. I would have been pissed about that. But no, there goes the perfect Resident Evil 4 save file
2: dude i feel your pain because my brother left his dorm door unlocked one night when he was when he fell asleep dude stole his video card out of his um his computer which was the latest one who the hell does that uh a guy who knew the room very well we'll just put it that way um uh stole all his valuable magic cards and stole my copy of Final Fantasy 3, which had a perfect 99 level game on it. Oh, and That's like the
4: I, nerdiest thief of all time. He gets props for being A, being able to steal a fucking video card out of a computer.
2: I know. And knowing what magic cards are
5: valuable.
2: While my brother is asleep in the room, and I'm I just like that, I'm like, how the fuck did this happen? And my brother's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm. I'm not. I wasn't as mad as I probably should have because I was just like, this guy is just, wow, wow. And I know he made a lot of money off my copy of Final Fantasy Three, and I know he made a lot of money off those magic cards. We later found the rest of the magic cards, like, in a trash can. Wow. All the ones that weren't valuable. Wow. I know. I what know. What a
4: loser. I'm sorry. But still, what a master thief. I picture, like, someone tiptoeing into this guy's place and just with a micro screwdriver set and a price guide.
2: I, I, I Well, I mean, it's not really hard to get a video card out of a computer if, you know, you didn't screw the sides back on. Because, like, my brother would constantly be mo- working with it. So it was like, but, like, I okay. was like, but, I mean, but even so, he had enough time to get it all, I was just like, "Oh my god!" But yeah, if I ever see that guy, I'm gonna like take his balls or something.
4: You should, you should just oh. drop kick him and scream no, justice. No,
2: no, no. You know what? I'm gonna shake his hand and then I'll then I'll take his balls.
5: <laughs> oh.
2: you
4: know, if you know his name, I think we should put a link to his Facebook account. I the, do not know. I only
2: know I only know his first name. I'm not gonna say it just because oh, like tragic. It's, yeah, I'm not going to do it. It's not worth it at this point, because it's like... Come
4: on, you get 4chan to troll him. It'd be awesome. No, no. no.
1: You, you don't want to try to steer 4chan, because that never works. If you try no, to, I, I, you cannot control trolls.
2: And also, I don't think... The, I think the guy, you know, probably has, like, fallen off the face of the earth or something like that. I don't know. I have never heard of him since, so he probably has, I don't know... Fell down a sewer and now is in like the Mushroom Kingdom or something for being the nerdiest thief.
0: Speaking of the Mushroom Kingdom, <laughs> okay. Uh, before we move on to the Master System, I just have one last anecdote. Uh, a couple of weeks back, ben, ben sent me this link that was like, it was it was some gamer uh, classic review, and Ben's like, "How can people praise this game? It's shit." And I click clicked the link, and it's New Ghostbusters too, and like. I know Ben doesn't know what the hell he's talking about because I have this game and it's awesome. That game looked like it had terrible gameplay, Neil. But, but it doesn't. It's it's much better than like either the game, uh, the Ghostbusters games that came out here. It, it came out I think in uh, in Australia or something. It's made by uh, I, forget if, I forget who made it, but it's the same people who made the Kirby games. How?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm it's. And it now.
0: And it's like. Uh, you actually have a proton back and you can shoot at the, the ghosts, and you throw the trap out. And there's nothing like that in the actual the actual Ghostbusters 2 game that came out here, <laughs> which is which is a weird game because you, I don't know, you have like a slime gun, or you, it it doesn't resemble the movie at all. It doesn't resemble Ghostbusters.
2: I just remember that I only know about like I didn't really play the ones for NES or anything like that. now I played the one for um, C64, the Ghostbusters game.
1: I played the I played the port of that on the Atari 2600. Yeah. Wow. Oh my and, God. Oh
0: Jesus.
4: Yeah. I've always wanted to get the one for the Genesis, though. I just haven't ever found the time or the money at the same time to ever go out and buy it. Yeah. Oh,
2: this this looks actually pretty good. This uh, this guy. It purchase. is pretty good.
0: Okay, same correction. Well, you very, you, very also, you also you uh, also critique uh, James Rolfe because he was complaining about the Battletoads game being too hard, and you based that on that. It's
4: fucking impossible.
0: It is impossible, but Ben had only played uh, Battletoads Double Dragon, which is significantly easier. Hey, the gameplay yeah. looks exactly the same, but
2: well, they, they made it much easier though. Yeah, they Battletoads
0: they made it retard friendly. Battletoads yeah. the original game is it's even more of a dick game than, than, uh, the Lost Levels.
2: Rare used to be mean as all hell.
0: I never really liked Rare. They
2: were, okay, I really, okay, I know you wrote, like, Donkey Kong Country. (laughs) You wrote that down, but, like, the thing is, is I actually liked Donkey Kong Country, and I think it was, uh, a pretty interesting, like, the game was actually fun. I had, I hadn't had fun with a platformer, in years at that point. Because if you remember, oh my god, the late 80s, early 90s was nothing but platformers. And so it was nice to play a platformer that wasn't going, oh, grown. I'm going to have to play through a platformer again. Actually, I actually had fun because Donkey Kong moves so smoothly, very fluidly. And, and the, he gets to ride an Oscars. Yeah, exactly. And also the animation was so fluid, it actually aided in like how you were playing. It wasn't so jerky like game, you know, most platformers were at the time, because no one cared. And you also some... get to
1: ride an ostrich.
2: Yeah, you get to ride an ostrich, you get to ride a swordfish, you get to ride a rock, and, and all the and all the animals you rode actually felt different. Like, when you rode the swordfish, it really felt like you were going through water. Like, and, you know, that kind of feeling you get when you're playing a game, you kind of feel that, that difference in motion. And I kind of like that about Donkey Kong Country, so I'll defend it.
4: It also had a, an amazing soundtrack to it as well.
2: Oh, God. That is actually one of the first video game soundtracks I ever bought. And I remember one of my mom's friends saw that. She was like, you bought a video game soundtrack? And I think I made some, I made some crack about the music she was listening to. And I was like, you bought... I forgot what it was. I, I think it was Weezer. No, no. I think it was like Weezer. I said, so you bought a Weezer sound... A Weezer CD. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And that was it. And she... Didn't say anything, <laughs> but it was also just because like I liked video game music, and that was like that was really awesome that Nintendo put that one available because I remember oh, got my Nintendo Power. Oh my god, Donkey Kong soundtrack, Fine.
0: Now you're playing with power. Yeah. And That was really around the time that video you know, game music really started getting good. Oh yeah. The, mean, the hardware was was um, really facilitating that.
4: Well, it's yeah, not to but, say there weren't good soundtracks back in the eight bit days.
2: Oh, no,
0: they're, yeah. they're some kind of it's like, kind of hard to listen
2: to well like Yoko Kano's music for uh, for like um, Romance of the Three Kingdoms despite being an 8-bit was actually pretty good um, and then some of the shooters at the time had some pretty good music but yeah during the, the Super Nintendo days I'd have to say that's when music was starting to kind of really get good and like the Chrono Trigger soundtrack is excellent all the Final Fantasy soundtracks are great all the- and Almost
4: anything done by Tommy Tallarico during the uh, during this time was really really good. I think his best work was on the Terminator uh, for the Sega CD. Well, I gotta
1: oh, say yeah. I I love the Dragon Quest theme. That that's one of my favorite. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Uncharted Waters has one of my favorite soundtracks. That was for uh, Super Nintendo. But the way I played it was like uh, my dad had a laptop and he let us play Uncharted Waters on it because we got it for, it was like one of the first CD games that came out. And I remember it had the whole well, not the whole soundtrack because I later found out that they omitted like five tracks from it. But like most of the soundtrack was on there. And it was like orchestral. It wasn't the the bit music or anything, so it was really awesome. That's that was a really cool thing about Saturn games. Sometimes the soundtrack was on the actual disc, so you could actually oh, yeah. just you could just like rip it and you were like listening to it. Some of the PlayStation games actually had that too. Yeah,
1: not, the, better, not that many, not that many. No, so,
2: like Vib Ribbon had like I think six tracks on it. And those were just basically sample tracks because you could put in any music CD you wanted. Have you ever played Vib Ribbon? No. Okay, Viv, Viv Ribbon. okay uh, the guy did Parappa the Rapper did this game called Vib Ribbon, which is completely vector. And let me try to find it. Cause, um, and basically it was a rhythm game where it would build tracks based on whatever music you were playing. And it was really awesome and the music it came with was pretty good but like I tried to play it is impossible to play
1: Bib Ribbon yes. oh
2: uh
1: oh so yeah, we were sort of skipping uh, one era here with. Uh, oh yeah, sorry. With the uh, with the Master System, I actually have a little anecdote about the Master System.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say. Speaking of a system with terrible audio, uh,
1: the Master System. Uh, I actually played it once. It was when I was about 12. I visited Korea, and they had a Master System with Double Dragon in the house, and oh, yeah. which is actually better than the NES version. <laughs> oh. I was playing the superior version, and I didn't even know it.
2: Well, oh. there wasn't much superior versions on the NES, unfortunately. Yeah, master. I didn't really get a Master System until, until um, like, I was working at GameStop in the uh, early aughts. And I only bought it because I was like, I don't own a Master System. And this was, like, when I was amassing all these consoles, and I saw a really good deal for one with a pair of 3d glasses the only thing was is that one of the uh ear kind of broken i was like i don't care and i think i got the whole set of the 3d glasses and controllers and games and i forgot how much i paid for it I probably paid like 60 or 70 dollars for it
1: so here's a question for you for you guys uh hmm? so- what would you consider the uh, What would you consider is the division in the generations of consoles? I mean, would you consider the the Atari uh, Twenty Six Hundred, uh, the first generation, and then the NES, the second generation? No, that, that's sec- oh, that's second. generation. No.
2: That. okay, like uh, Atari, I would call second generation because first generation is like
1: the Odyssey,
2: Odyssey, Odyssey and Pong clones, and then Atari Intellivision, Television ColecoVision, um, and Let's see what what else would you throw in that generation arcadia 2001 those are all second generation and then third generation is like atari 7800 nintendo's master system uh what else uh probably i'd probably put commodore in there too but um it's one that hard really to draw
0: the lines because there's a lot of overlap yeah. between eight bits yeah
2: because like because like you know like when you get into like eight bit, like with the, the PC Engine, do you classify it as an eight bit system or do you classify it as a sixteen bit system? Right, because its processor is an eight bit processor, but the graphics is sixteen bit, and it, it doesn't shine quite as well as the Super Nintendo or the Gen- even the Genesis.
1: And that leads us to there. Was, you know, when the when the NES was still out, Sega came out with the Genesis, and the Genesis pretty much directly mm-hmm. attacked the NES by saying, you know, Sega does what Nintendo
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. And then Nintendo oh. comes back with the Super Nintendo. Which now you're is playing
1: a, with power. Super which is power.
2: Super Oh, yeah, I remember the commercials. And I remember, the Super Nintendo just had better graphics, hands down, but it didn't... Like, there was some titles that I really regretted I couldn't play. Like, Fortunately, I had a friend who, who had one, so I was able to play Sonic, and some of the uncensored, like the uncensored uh, Mortal Kombat, because I didn't have a Game Genie for Super Nintendo. I had one for Nintendo, but I just never bought one for Super Nintendo because I was like, eh, I don't care. You
0: know what's weird about the the Sega fan following is that there are people who will swear up and down that the the Sega Genesis sound chip is like this godsend of a sound chip, and I, I never really thought it was that good.
2: they say that is because the music on Sega games tended to be much better. Like, with the exception of, it's like... It's because
4: they had to try harder to push the hardware to do something yeah. it wasn't designed to do.
2: Yeah, like, uh, like one of the games for Genesis that, like, like, it, I'm not talking about the sound, but talking about graphics, you know, like, the poor Genesis couldn't, ha- couldn't get the level that of the Super Nintendo as far as graphics or, like, even, like, mode... It didn't have Mode 7, which, you know, Mode is just a cheap trick of turning sprites and stuff like that. But it still was an effective, like, pseudo-3D idea. And it just, you know, like... I played Space Harrier on Genesis. Like, I think it was Space Harrier, too, but... It just didn't have the same effect as it did on, like, Super Nintendo. Like, but... Like, cotton, Cotton's like that, but... Cotton actually pushes the system to its limits.
0: Now, I've actually talked to some of the guys who did the Pure Solar game that came out yeah. a few years ago. Yeah. So, last year actually. Um, and they, they actually got, got that game to do like a Mode 7 type trick, but it's yeah, you, you kind of it... janky. And...
2: Yeah, it, it just always ends up being kind of janky because like uh, Cotton for Genesis is like one of my favorite games. And it's kind of jerky as all hell. But it, it it's doing its best. It's like chugging along, but
0: Pure Solar, it that whole game is like this huge tech demo for the for the for the Genesis. It's just them pushing the system to its limits and doing this trick and that trick and all yeah. sorts. Of, I'm like, you know the Super Nintendo could do all that stuff right out of the box, right? But but like, it's mm-hmm. but there's
2: fun there's fun in making the system do things that it just can't yeah I,
0: like. I understand the fun of a challenge I, I respect that
2: yeah but i mean i i honestly like I, when i was growing up i remember the whole fight between genesis and super nintendo fans like it was very it was very deep and because like most people could only afford one system so of course you know you were married to your system
0: and, and i heard a lot of for- lectures about uh, the extra Layer of parallax scrolling that the Genesis could do and stuff like that. Oh yes, yes. Like oh that that really improves the games, guys. Oh
2: yeah, and like (laughs) like where are the and like the thing is I was an RPG person, so I was like where are the RPGs? And there were there were some, but it was like uh, on the Genesis. There was a shit
4: ton of RPGs,
2: but it it was like I'm sorry, like Final Fantasy was enough that I was like I gotta stay with the um, the Super Nintendo. Like I gotta stick with my horse. And there was Secret of Mana and there was um, let's see, there was Tails didn't come out in America, though. I played that, though.
4: I think um, one of my best Genesis games I ever played was the Genesis version of the Shadowrun RPG. Oh, that yeah, was that, that,
2: yeah, that was pretty good. And I played that on Super Nintendo.
4: The Super Nintendo version was terrible, though.
2: Yeah, it wasn't as good. But, um, let's see. But uh, it did have some RPGs, it's just the quality of RPGs on the on the Super Nintendo were better, and so eh, I don't know. I <laughs> wouldn't go that far. They okay. look better cool.
4: visually. i trigger. But don't trigger. knock the Genesis because it did have Fantasy Star, did have Shining it, Force.
2: It did, and I love all these games. But I'm sorry, like if I if I'm gonna like remember some RPGs fondly, there's very few. Like on the on the Saturn, there was a bevy of RPGs that I liked. It's just on the Genesis, it's like, okay, there's Shining Force, there's the the Fantasy Stars, and... You want to
0: count Crusader Senti, maybe?
2: Yeah, but like, a lot of them were, were still in Japan, they never came to the United States. Now, this is also true on the Super Nintendo. so like...
0: Oh yeah, Live Alive, and uh...
2: Which I've actually, I finally got to play, and then Radical Dreamers, which was actually more of a, like, a novel you played through, and um...
0: Star Ocean?
2: Played Star Ocean, uh, played Tales of Phantasia, played Mana, uh, well, Seiken Densetsu 3. I mean, there were a lot of, and I'm, I'm trying to think of some more RPGs. Well, Final Fantasy V is one of the big ones.
1: Yeah. Oh, Neil, the one thing I remember you saying to me is it was really Sega of America that made Genesis a success. It, oh, yeah, yeah, it really yeah, was. It, it was fun. Linsky. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone always demonized everyone always demonized him and it's like no, not really. He's he's he is, the guy.
2: He's the reason Sega was as big as it was. I mean, like if they had just stuck, like if I think they had stuck with the American team, like let them do more of the stuff, I think Sega would have had a better chance. But what I think happened is is that the Japanese team felt like, well, we're kind of being ignored. We're in trouble here.
0: The Japanese did not like Sonic being in, in the system. They wanted Altered Beast. And Altered Beast sucked ass.
4: Hey, come on.
2: Oh, oh Altered Beast Altered Beast is okay. It's just Sonic is a much better game.
4: Yeah. It's a better pack-in anyway.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a... It, I have to say, like, if you're going to show off your system, I'm sorry, Altered Beast is not the game I would show off the system with. It's no. like, if you've got to show off the... Um, the Super Nintendo, you you give you you give Super Mario World. You don't give like I'm trying to think of a first gen title that was pretty crappy. Well like Pilot Wings, it's a good game, but it is not a pack end game. Oh no. I mean it's like when the three DS came out, Pilot Wings? Seriously?
4: Yeah, they should have launched lo- that was a failed launch.
2: Well I got I'm getting a bunch of like, you know, ROMs for for being an ambassador, which is co for sucker.
4: But they all suck, or at least almost all of them.
2: Not really. I mean, I'm. Are I, you
4: getting balloon fights?
2: I got, I got, a, I got a nice copy of Super Mario. I got a nice Fair copy. Of Yoshi. I got Yoshi, which is one of my favorite. Speaking of, you know, Nintendo. But golf. I like golf. Terrible choice for I the ambassador
4: golf. program.
2: I love golf. Do not knock off. and I got and I I've never really played all the way through Zelda two, so I'm finally getting to do that. And oh, it's that epic.
4: that was a surprising choice.
2: That, I mean, I'm glad they threw that in. And The original Legend of Zelda, which I'm like, yay, happy. And I got a three D three D version of the Excitebike, so yay.
4: They need to put the Mega Man games on there.
2: Well, they do, but you know, Capcom wants three D. Well, Capcom Capcom needs to get to it. What did they put out in 3D that I was really interested in? They they didn't see the, oh it was the Kirby's Adventure. Ooh. Yeah, I'm that's actually.
0: That's a good game to begin with.
2: I'm thinking about getting it. Um, speaking of Nintendo, uh, that was like one of the last games that was released. But yeah. I didn't get it because I was already on Super Nintendo by that point, and I was like, eh, I'm not yeah, Kirby
0: back. got a raw deal there.
2: I did have the Kirby games for Game Boy though, which. I bought my... Well, I didn't buy my Game Boy. I asked for my Game Boy so that I could get Link's Awakening. As soon as I heard Link's Awakening was coming out, I was like, I need a Game Boy.
5: <laughs>
2: because Link to the Past is was just so great. And then Link's Awakening is like... I hold it up as like probably it and Link to the Past as the best sell.
1: Link to the Past is definitely my favorite. Yeah, same it's,
2: here. Yeah, it's just so wonderful. It's the jewel—it's like the graphics are jewel-like. The the gameplay is just wonderful. It's simple. You have fun. And then Link's Awakening is just—you know—is the same way, except it's a little more expanded. I will so, say
4: though, I'm still not totally sold on Ocarina of Time.
2: I I my my thing my thing about Ocarina of Time is like, I, I played it, but it, it just didn't feel as
4: good. It didn't blow up my skirt, that's for sure.
2: Well, it, it just... It, it I guess it just, like, the story didn't... I didn't like the story a lot on that one, and I liked the previous Zeldas where there was just a little bit of story, and then let's go. I don't know. Just there was something about those... Like, Ocarina of Time was okay. Now, I do not like Majora's Mask. I do oh. not like it at all. It is my least favorite Zelda. And yeah. Wind Wanker was just... I'm going to call it Wind Wanker. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think... Not I the think...
2: graphics. The graphics are adorable, but... just I could not play that game. It just was like, oh, the stupid boat.
0: Yeah, and I actually like the game, but what what struck me was that there were like four major dungeons. That was it. Yeah. But
2: well,
0: wait, what?
2: Yeah, and... I'm sure
0: glad I got the Ocarina of Time pre-order. That's good. That's a yeah. plus,
2: a I was game. like, I was like, yeah, I can finally because I didn't own an N64 for a long time and I I have it for N64. I just never played it and I was like, oh, game, it's on GameCube. Okay, I'll play it on GameCube. Uh, and then like yeah. Twilight Princess was okay, but it was kind of yeah. That one,
0: that one's I, I tried to play it a couple times and I always get stuck on the wolf mission for years you're, like, hunting the, the insects, and I'm like, what the hell is this? What is this doing in my Zelda game? Get it's this not out that of here. Bad. Yeah,
5: but
2: it was okay. It was an okay game. I didn't, get, I didn't get all the way through. I actually ended up watching, like, the end, because I was just like... I got bored with it, I don't know what it was about that one. I'm hoping Skyward Sword's gonna be much better.
1: I think it be <laughs> I, mean, I, I,
2: yeah, I, it... I have a feel. feeling... Well, well, when I read up on Twilight Princess, I read that Miyamoto actually... Almost threw the whole project out. Like when he got back, when he got into control again, when uh, Iwata said, Miyamoto, do whatever you want, he almost canceled Twilight Princess. And I almost, now, I'm, now I, I played it, like I read that, I was like, yeah, maybe that should have been, you know, thrown out the window and maybe something new should have been done. I mean, it was a really cool concept. It just, I don't know, just, I didn't really have fun playing it.
0: Well, one of the Oracle games got thrown out.
2: Oh, which one?
0: Uh, I don't. I don't remember what it was called, but there was supposed to be a third Oracle game. Oh, and that's okay. why. That's why the Green Oracle is like the one who handles the uh, the the connection between the two games because the third oh. one was supposed to be her game.
2: Oh, Okay, I get it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But I ha- I like the Oracle games. They were pretty good.
0: Yeah. Or so like- there's like there's like a, a whole Legend of Zelda game that was completely finished and we're never gonna see it. Sweet. And it's so bizarre. It happens. Well yeah.
2: Capcom it was like Capcom <laughs> did that one and that was like during the height of the whole let's have different color versions of everything.
0: Yeah, except that was the one game that did it right. I really loved
5: that.
2: Oh yeah, I mean Ages and Seasons was really good. And I'd like for a third party Zelda, damn good. Speaking of bad 3rd third party Zeldas. C D I.
0: Oh my god.
2: I had a chance to buy one of those and ten, I think it was like 10 games and and system and it was like 50 bucks and it was a, it? this was at Babbage's and the guy's like you want it for 50 bucks and I'm like no not even for $50 so I, I wish I had done it cause like I then could say I don't own a CDI
4: <laughs> we actually picked up one of those a few weeks ago for like 50 oh, bucks sweet <laughs> can't face yeah. the bombs
1: with the dongos
2: I I do I do have a um a 3DO. I bought it for my husband because he he said he wanted one, and I got one with like a bunch of games, some gun, two guns, the the joystick, the system, and it was like 150 bucks. And it's a it's the clamshell one, which is you know easy piracy. Um, and it's a uh, it it I actually the 3DO. I wish that they hadn't released it as early as they had, and I wish they hadn't released it at the price point they had, and I wish Trip Calkings wasn't an idiot and handled it, all, handed it off to a bunch of other like third-party manufacturers because it was an okay system if you just thought of it as like your PC replacement. Like here are some PC games that you know you might not be able to afford a like a, uh, a computer back then was like. Fifteen hundred dollars, and then you had to buy a monitor, and then you had to buy like all the shit to go with it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was an okay system, and it had some great FMV shooters on it, like Mad Dog McCree. Yeah.
0: Now we were talking about the, uh, the CDI system. Uh, there's actually like a whole backstory behind that behind that uh, that whole debacle, and it didn't even start at Nintendo. Uh, Kalinski, of all people, was trying to negotiate with Sony to make it. To make a Sega CD system, and Sega of Japan shot that down.
2: Oh well, yeah! <laughs>
0: yeah it, and then they, and then uh, uh, Sony went to Nintendo. So it's it's amazing to think that Sony went through Sega and Nintendo, and then made the PlayStation. I, I didn't
2: know about the Sega thing, but like yeah, the,
0: he got he got interviewed uh, on Sega16.com. Right? Uh huh. That was a surprise to me.
2: Well, did, the, did they offer it... Did this happen after the Nintendo thing, or did it happen before the Nintendo thing?
0: I'm pretty sure it happened before. Yeah. I mean, it was a very brief uh, uh, talking that they had. In, uh, That's really good. Yeah. And it was just, no, no, we're not going to do this. We're going to make our own CD system, because Sega was getting kind of arrogant about that time.
2: Well, yeah, because they were doing pretty good in the American market, which was the biggest market at the time. And that's really that's really cool about the PlayStation because like the, the the whole Nintendo Sony Phillips whole debacle is just like
5: legendary that, sh-
2: that should have ruined Nintendo that really should have like destroyed them it, but fortunately they held it together because of Game boy and they're still around so you know futures kind of uncertain for them now but anyway but going back to the whole CDI the whole Sega, so, Sega, Sony thing—that's pretty cool. I just—I know the whole story behind why Nintendo uh, started dealing with Sony, and that was because I think it was Ken Kudaragi uh, was uh, like listening to, and so his uh, daughter was playing a video game, and she was like, he listened to the music, and he said, "This sound chip is crap." <laughs> so he contacted Nintendo and said, "I will design you a sound chip," and they said, "Cool." we're making a new system, the Super Nintendo. And he said, awesome, I'll make you a sound chip. Well, then Sony found out about it, that he'd done it behind their back, and then they were like, well, we'll do it anyway, but you really should like contact us first. And because of this, when Nintendo was thinking about doing a new system, they actually contacted Sony first as part of the agreement of using the music chip. Yeah, and maybe, they, maybe the whole Sega thing happened first And maybe that's why Sony was more open to doing a CD system with Nintendo. Because maybe they were like, we lost our chance with Sega, maybe we can try it with Nintendo. (laughs) But then Nintendo did the stupid thing and was like, no, we're not going to do any CDs, we're going to do cartridges. Well,
1: to be honest, to be honest, uh, you know, the N64 did did, did have an advantage over the original generation PlayStation.
4: Load times? Yeah. Hell
1: yeah, hell well, yeah, then, and, and but you know what? It was a necessary step because if no, if nobody stepped into the CD arena, and I guess we have to kind of sort of give Sega a little bit of credit, a little on that, a little bit there.
2: Well, yeah, oh. but like, uh, but no, not really, because like um, the <laughs> the PC Engine, uh, there was the the CD the CD system for that first, and then Sega jumped in.
1: Well, that, that's true. I, I remember the days of PC gaming with the first FMV games. But oh, yeah. yeah but,
2: uh, but, 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 with, but with Nintendo, it was like, the, the really sticking point for both of them was Nintendo wanted to do caddies and Sony didn't really want to do that because they wanted to make it as cheap as possible. Whereas Nintendo was like, copy protection, copy protection, copy protection. And that's why that fell apart. And then with with Phillips, I think it was because they were just not ever really half, They were just sort of half-assed on that.
1: Yeah, it's a, if you call it CDI anything, it's a half-assed effort. Yeah. Those well, Zelda games. Look... It, it
0: seems like there's just a little bit of hate in Zelda games.
2: I we're, really we're gonna yeah, make these
0: as terrible as possible.
2: <laughs> it, it seems like the whole I, can was...
0: an Octor- I can eat a I can eat the knocker.
2: The don goes. Oh, uh, no, bad memory. But yeah, it just seemed like Nintendo just flirted with Phillips just to make Sony mad.
1: And then Sony, you know, Sony did go from just being an electronics manufacturer to a console maker. Yeah, and, cr- that, that,
2: that, and that really propelled them even further. And then they got high on the horse like everyone does, like Sega, Nintendo, and everyone else. And now they're having problems
0: because of I, I have to say cool. ha ha
2: yeah ha ha you Take sure that
0: did. that's revenge for for killing the saturn well like well it was it was
4: underappreciated
0: just so
2: the the saturn killed... the saturn was just unfortunately was just sort of cobbled together
4: at the and, last
2: minute. Good fighting game system, though. We oh, no, I, I,
1: really, okay. really supported it here. I mean, in Japan, the Saturn was fucking cute. Oh, yeah, partially it was. Because of its, partially because of its spokesperson.
2: We <laughs> Sag-
1: <laughs> Sag- oh, got What? <laughs> <But> <laughs> what? It, was,
2: it was mostly because, like, I think the reason the Saturn was didn't do well in America was because, well, one, it was $400 freaking dollars, which was like, what... And then Sony honestly had a better advertising campaign as far as, like, hammering home the 3D graphics, which, let's be honest, the poor little Saturn couldn't do 3D as well. Panzer Dragoon Saga makes that thing choke.
1: And, yeah, basically 3D was added added as an afterthought, and it didn't really work right. Not to mention the fact that, you know... You know, Sony did have the, the killer app it had it had Final Fantasy Seven which pretty much grabbed yep, all the Nintendo fanboys.
2: That basically ensured that I bought a, a PlayStation, which I later regretted when I finally played Final Fantasy Seven and I was like
1: This is like a worse version of six.
2: Well, it was like it was like the ending was was half assed because they ran out of time and I the planet also is
1: healing itself.
2: Well, it was just sort of like, okay, so you play through Midgard, you're into this, you're into this, it's great, it's great, it's great, it's great, and then you get out of Midgard and the game just sort of loses its direction.
5: <laughs> it's
1: a, you know what, you know what, you can bash Final Fantasy Seven, and I'm totally for bashing Final yeah. Fantasy Seven through thirteen, but, you know, in any order, I don't care, all, they all deserve bashing, but, you know, you don't talk about a game losing its theme, Xenogears. That second oh. disc is.
2: Well, say, there's just something about Square, like during that during the PlayStation era, that just. I think came... I think I think Square was
1: like ADV because they like they like make a good first half and they're like, oh, let's move on to something else. We'll just have someone else. Finish. Well, what
2: what happened is is like this was honestly the internal was just saying you've got to get these games out as fast as possible. Whereas like in the olden days they let them have time, but what happened is, is they were just trying to churn out as many games, and then they made the stupid mistake of doing Spirits Within, which nearly bankrupted the company.
1: Yeah, and they had they to had merge with Enix.
2: Yeah, and like... It, it they did just, the
0: fusion dance with Enix. You know, yeah. But
2: looking, but looking at like, looking at like the PlayStation era Square games, it's like what, what, what gems are there? And like, the only one I can really think about is like Legend of Mana was really pretty, but it wasn't a very good it wasn't very good compared to the other mana games. And Chrono Cross is okay, but it shouldn't have been the successor to Chrono Trigger. It's not as big in scope. It actually feels smaller, and a lot of the characters are just unnecessary. Just need Kid, Serge, and Glenn, and you can just beat the game. That's it. That's all you need. I do have a Chrono Cross clock though, which is pretty excellent.
1: Yeah, the uh, like I said when I when I went through, uh, wh- yeah, it's it's just one of the most disappointing things because a lot of the first disc of Xeno Gears is surprisingly highly polished. I mean, a oh, lot of yeah. the controls, the the able to jump around in the environment and all that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean that that amazed me. It's like oh, it's an RPG and you can jump around in the environment. That that was like yeah. that was like a goddamn revelation. And then the second the second disc is them sitting in a fucking rocking chair ter- narrating the goddamn story I'm like wait what
2: Yeah uh, it was just that, that whole era of Square was just like let's rush games out and that sort of turned me off of games like Final Fantasy 8 like I said made me not play video games for 6 months because I, I just
4: Final Fantasy 8 was when I dropped out of the series officially
2: Yeah yeah I I well I I did not come back for 9 though I've been told it's good I've never played it just because like it's, I've got
4: better things to play?
2: Yeah, it's yeah. like, I've got so many other things to do, I can't go back, I, I know it, I've heard it's good. I watched ten, the intro to 10, because oh, we, I was, I was working at GameStop, we had into PlayStation 2, and I was like, as a demo, and I'm much like watching this, I'm going,
4: Let's I am it.
2: not playing damn F&Vs. It,
4: oh, it's... so. See, I, I don't know, I, I really like the cinematic game experience, which is why one of my favorite game series is Metal Gear Solid. But well, guys, they... I uh, just got to say quickly, I actually have to go because I actually have a radio drop in the morning. But I got to thank you guys for having me on your show. It has definitely been fun. Okay, well, okay. you're welcome no back
1: problem. anytime, Mike. Just let us know.
4: Of course, guys. So if you guys want to check out what I do, you can find me over on com, on uh, net, and of course thisweekingeek.net. All right, guys. See you later. All right. All right see you, man. Bye. Thanks for being on. It's time for intermission, boys and girls. The Webcast
1: Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Webcomic Beacon, a topical webcomics podcast with a
4: jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Webcomic Beacon newscast recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before web comics, there was independent and self-published web release written fiction and
3: literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to
1: grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing.
4: Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in.
1: Here's a question, would you rather play a game with FMBs or quick time events? Mm. I mean, I, I know this is asking like, would you like your balls and a vice or hit with a hammer, so
2: I don't mind I don't mind quick time events that much if they're just used like sparingly.
0: Because at least you're playing a game
2: or something.
1: Yeah, I know, but, like, fo- but Resident Evil Fours pissed the hell out of me because it because it doesn't give you any time for it. It's like boom right. boom, boom boom It's like wait what what is it supposed to do again? I mean,
2: like it can it can be it can be okay. Like I've been like watching my husband play, uh, Batman, you know Arkham Asylum.
1: That one actually has really good quick time events. Yeah, and that it's that's actually an example
2: talking. of one where I'd say that works. But like, yeah. I played things like God of War, where it's like quick time event, quick time event, quick oh, time Oh,
1: God! God of War three has. Oh, oh, my God. Uh, the, in God of War 3, the first fight, you're fighting Poseidon, and you're you're doing a quick-time event fight with him, and it actually tells you to press the R3 and L3 button, and... Oh, God. And you know those that are pushing down the sticks?
2: Yeah.
1: You do that, Kratos sticks his thumbs in Poseidon's eyes.
2: All right!
1: I was like, wait, no. And I did like, no!
2: Yes! Yeah, um... They can be okay, but they can be overused. F&Vs I'm okay with if it's, like, if it is a proper place to pause the game and have, like, a cinematic or something.
1: How many hours of movie did the later Metal Gears have?
2: Oh, I don't know. Like, games games in the early aughts were the, like, worst offenders for F&V. Because, like, Xenosaga had 30-minute-long F&V sequences, which I was like...
0: Oh, my God.
2: And you couldn't pause them. And so when I heard this, I was like, "Nope, I'm not playing." Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'll, and then I got the DVD later because um, GameStop gave them away with like game, with like Xenosaga two. So I, you know, grabbed one and said, "Okay, I'll watch it."
1: I gotta be honest. I think the Xenogears franchise, the Xenogears slash Xenosaga franchise, totally went off the rails in the wrong sort of way. I mean. I mean it's sort of like how George Lucas called, you know, a new hope episode 4 and then all of a sudden I think it's the same thing because you know saga is technically the prequels and uh prequels and uh... yeah that yeah I, I don't
2: I don't know I I didn't really play through them, but I I heard it got convoluted but um I don't know the um uh playstation just didn't like if, if i'm trying to remember the playstation general you know era i'm just like there isn't much to write home about on playstation there's fib ribbon which i like rap of the rapper oh, i'm trying to think of some yeah. more games I, I liked i liked romance of the three kingdoms four wall of fire
1: romance of the three three kingdoms that's that's a famous chinese story
2: yeah and i, I love the uh koei series
1: Not much romance really in it, though, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you're going in there, are expecting, like, a soap
0: opera. No. Uh -uh. Uh
2: Uh-uh. But, like, Saturn... Like, I didn't get a Saturn until much later, but... Then you
0: realize the errors of your
5: ways.
2: Well, I knew I had made a mistake. I told you. I, like, knew I had made a mistake the minute I started playing Final Fantasy VII. You get out of Midgard, and I was like, I should have bought a Saturn. And then Final Fantasy VIII really made me go... I should have bought
0: a Saturn. Yeah, play, See, I, 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 s- I saw Final Fantasy VII. I'm like, yeah, I made the right decision. Yeah. So I, I, th- I went back home and popped in uh, Albert Odyssey, and I was, I was like, what? What is this beautiful SNES game doing on my Saturn? Where are the polygons? Yeah. Wait, who cares?
2: Yeah, I know. I just. I regretted my... Play- well, the reason I didn't buy a Saturn, honestly, was the price tag. I have to admit that the $400 did scare me away, and that the PlayStation wasn't much better at being $300. It's just, that really did scare me buying the Saturn, because I was like, that is $400 frickin' dollars, and I don't get a game?
0: No. i told you guys my, my theory of what should have happened with the Saturn, right? Well, no. Basically, they, they slapped all that extra stuff on there, and most of the games really didn't use the dual process. Oh, they should have yeah. just kept it a simpler system, oh, yeah. because all of the developers were still used to doing 2D. They could have had the ultimate uh, sprite-based system, and they could they couldn't compete with Sa- with uh, PlayStation, but they probably could have hobbled along a lot stay, better. Than- oh, stay alive,
1: stay alive long enough to do development
0: for for the for for the Dreamcast and make the yeah. Dreamcast really. Keep- yeah, and. And the sales would have been a lot better because it would have it would have been cheaper.
2: Yeah, it, it, but unfortunately, I think what would have happened if they had not put the 3D in there, what would have unhappily happened is is there wouldn't have been as many ports between the systems, and That's- and it probably would have doomed the Saturn. Like thinking about systems released too late for their time, like the Atari 7800, released way too late, it, it suffered because of the graphics. But, the but, only reason to
0: have that system is food fight. But
2: but, oh,
1: yeah. but think about what are the best games in Japan for the Saturn? I mean
0: I mean Sakura Wars was one of them. Uh, what was another one? Uh, it depends on whether you can read Jap- Japanese or not. Because yeah. if you can read it, then uh, there are a whole bunch of RPGs. You yeah,
2: there are they're like shit tons of RPGs. Um, and,
0: it,
1: and, and and like I said, the Saturn was king in Japan because of because of that. Yeah, and.
2: There's a uh, there's lots of shooters. There's um like the Panzer Dragoon series is really good. Um,
1: I, I know I know you're a fan of the Magic Knight Earth game.
2: Oh yes, the Magic Knight Rayearth game, which I bought and then had to take back when I couldn't procure a Saturn, and I regret doing that. But I couldn't justify having a game and not having the system since my funds were limited. But.
0: It was but a pretty cute game. It was
2: a cute game and like I mean I I it was not worth the amount of money that I would have spent for it but um, it is a cute little game and actually working designs put together a really nice package for the American release with all the little stickers and oh, the pretty yeah. case and the the random disc art that you got no,
1: see, when I went to department stores and like Target and stuff like that, they never had a, a, a Saturn display. You no, know, they, the only store I went to that had a Saturn
2: display—this
1: hmm. is going to amuse you guys—it was an Athes.
2: What's that?
0: Okay, exactly.
1: Okay, an Athes is uh, okay. I, I, I keep on forgetting that I'm the only military brat in here. Uh, an Athes is the Army Air Force Exchange store. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: okay. So kind of like, kind of like the PX. Okay.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> and that's the only place they had that I had a Saturn display. I'm like, wait, what's this? It, it says Sega on it, but doesn't look like a Genesis. Uh, what is this? And I started yeah. playing, and I'm like, wait, what is this? This is this is different.
2: Yeah, our um, our Babbage's had one on display, but uh, and there was one. At, I think there was one at Toys R Us as well. But that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, the Saturn, I, I just really wish I had gotten one. But I actually, I don't know. I was able to get a bunch of games later on and uh, and play it and probably have a better time with it. Because I was able to, you know, get the, the extra RAM card so I could play some of the more intensive fighting games and such.
0: It was an importer's paradise.
2: Oh God, yes, it was. It was a I never system.
0: regretted buying that thing, even after it died in America.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that's why I keep. I keep like I've cobbled together a Franken Saturn from my three dead Saturns because I've got to have a working Saturn because any emu- like like we were talking about like it should have been a simpler system because it was such a, um, a convoluted system. It can't be. It's like almost impossible to emulate, and that is so. That is so sad.
0: One of the things you brought up was that uh, if if they had gone simpler, they wouldn't be, have as many ports between the system. But but that really didn't happen anyway because uh, the no
2: the, it it did cross
0: platform stuff kind of died out really early anyway.
2: Well, I'm saying in America because like especially like with um, the Ma- like with the Madden games.
0: Oh yeah, things mostly yeah.
2: mostly sports, and there were a few fighting games that were like yeah, yeah. platform
0: forgot about so, those sega sports fans
2: yeah so there, there were some reasons i think if they had gone all 2d it probably would have hurt them because then then so, sony could have really beat up on them and said look at that kitty system so i think there was some logic in making it do 3d however i think it was a half-assed effort and then the dreamcast didn't help them because going one year before the playstation 2 stupid and going and going out without a a normal format like going with the gd-rom was just like one of the worst moves that they made because they really should have just either gone with cds and just accepted that they couldn't get as much on there or gone with dvds and just paid the fee like done did what microsoft did which is We're using DVDs, but we're not giving you the capability to play DVDs unless you buy the remote, which is actually just a license, paying for the license to use DVDs. Right. Yeah. So they should have done that. And I think the system would have actually done better. It probably would have been second place. But unfortunately, they did those two stupid things, and that's the reason the Dreamcast failed. And Dreamcast it was just,
1: did have a lot of good ideas, like it did have yeah. it, it did have a modem built into it.
2: Oh yeah, and like the modem, like I remember that was the biggest reason that people owned Dreamcast was the was the online play, especially with the sports games. There were lots; we had lots of customers at GameStop who just owned a Dreamcast because they could play network games.
1: And I know lots of people early on are like, "Well, who's gonna really play network?" I mean, you you, you get oh systems God. together, and then all of a sudden, what happened? What happened later on, guys? Huh? I, you know, I have to say that love or Hate and Microsoft really brought on you know online gaming to the forefront.
2: Well, I mean, online gaming had been around for a while before that, but it was mostly like I would say it was honestly Blizzard with uh with like Warcraft and Starcraft.
1: That, that's true, but Battle I mean, net. it doesn't, I, I doesn't really have the same impact of a bunch of frat guys, you know, saying oh, yeah, saying, the I, the yeah, part. So,
2: yeah. That, but that was actually because of like it and companies like that that brought that to the forefront. And I remember Battle.net. I remember the first MMOs, but uh, but yeah, like Dream for Dreamcast, one of the biggest selling points was the um, was the online capability because. They really liked the idea of being able to play sports games, and that was also the reason a lot of those people ended up going with um, Xbox, because it had a modem built right in. Whereas, like, the PlayStation 2, you had to buy this freaking honking dongle. Wasn't that
1: thing, like, plugged into, like, three different ports in the back and it looked like some sort of monstrosity
0: tumor growing off the back of it?
2: put it in the back.
0: Like, it's on life support.
2: And then it was a hard drive, and... We had, we had the Linux um, adapter for our PlayStation 2. And that thing was huge. I remember that.
1: I don't know anyone who who actually got a PS2 Slim and said it was a good idea.
2: I wanted to get a PlayStation 2 Slim just so I could play some Kachamari. Because uh, my PlayStation 2 catches fire if you do the wrong uh, toggle switch combination in the back.
5: No, because no. this
2: thing has been like cobbled together brought back to life and so I just don't like to touch it so
1: (laughs) just leave it as a shrine in your museum
2: well I just put I told I told my husband you know how to do the right toggle switch combination and I don't care to set the PlayStation 2 on fire today so could you just place uh we love Katamari in there and that will be it that's all I need to be in that PlayStation 2
1: so I guess it's confirmed that the Wii didn't start the fire
2: no, no no. Oh. no, no. You know what started the fire? Okay, so my dad and my brothers like, constantly pulled the PlayStation cord out of the wall just by yanking it. Oh, and it was okay. a cheap cable. It was a cheap-ass cable that the first PlayStations came with. And so it got frayed. And so I said, I was going to work one day, and I said, okay, don't plug in the PlayStation. Don't plug it in. I'm going to be back. When I get back, I'm going to go to the store and buy a new court. Okay. I get home. I smell smoke. I go into the living room. I'm like, what happened? And they said, we plugged in the PlayStation, and it caught on fire. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Robert, you caught the computer on fire, like, you know, a few months ago. Uh, and now you've caught my PlayStation on fire. Awesome fortunately it was just the cord the playstation was
1: fine so there wasn't that nice thick aroma of ozone
2: yeah it was it was it was just i just remember just looking at them and going god damn it. <laughs> but fortunately it was okay and i was able to get a new cable and it was all okay but it was just like i i just i just remember being like god damn it i told you not to touch it but you went and touched it Oh, like my brother's caught computers on fire, playstations on fire, sound cards on fire. Blue smoke is never a good sign. He just, he just has the ability to make things explode. So
0: that's an unfortunate talent.
2: It, it comes in handy sometimes, I guess.
1: He sounds like a hide male... the evidence. He sounds like a male Jubilee.
2: Yeah. Oh gee. Well, he overclocks a lot of things. And he tried he he overclocked a sound card once and it caught on fire. Why would you
1: overclock a sound card? I
2: don't know. (laughs) He just does things like this. He's just I think it's just like he has a genetic predisposition towards like making doing things that aren't necessary.
1: (laughs) He's got the need for speed. These sounds are coming off one second too late.
2: (laughs) I was like, Why did you do that? He's like I just wanted to see if I could do it, and it worked for a brief moment. <laughs> was
1: it was like, so fast, it circled the earth and went through its whole entire lifespan in one second.
2: It broke the sound barrier. You can't hear it anymore.
1: <laughs> it has gone ludicrous speed. The whole room has gone to plaid.
2: Oh. But, um, yeah, but like I didn't like the PlayStation at all, and then I, I didn't get an N64 until many years later, um, I now only have a Pikachu, uh, in sixty. Oh, yeah, yeah, the one with the glowing cheeks. What happened is, is like this, um, a couple of kids were selling it, and I got it for 20 bucks off of them. And it doesn't have a box, it, has, it actually has a, um, a Sharpie marker, like, smudge on, like, the cartridge slot but other than that it looks great and it's just i just own it because it's just ridiculous to have the pikachu edition because <laughs> it, it's like cheeks they glow they, they they flash and then they glow the whole time it's so <laughs> i also had one of those pikachus that like the lip l- the little cheeks glue and he go pikachu pikachu so i i don't know just i don't really go for pokemon all that much but i i had to go for the uh the pikachu n64 but the n64 like i I think of that system and i'm like wow that is such a weird system well it's it's just it's like it's nintendo's nintendo's folly because they they didn't go cd and and unfortunately because (laughs) they they had they had a really good like tool system Like, that's why all N64 games look the same. It's Basically, everyone's pulling from the same tool system, which, you know, is very popular with, like, like with the Intellivision, they had a a set of characters you could just use. Well, for the N64, they had, like, certain polygons, certain colors, certain things, and if you used their set, you could do any kind of effect. What does this lead to? Everybody uses the same set. And so all games end up looking the same. And that's what ended up happening with N64. So, like, you could plug in any N64 game and it had that same color palette. Unless it was, like, something like... It was a pork. Or, like, something like uh, Shadows of the Empire, which was, you know, specifically made, like, with its own color palette or something.
1: That was the only N64 game that looked good to me.
2: It was actually really good looking. And, well, I mean, I like Mario 64. That's a pretty good game. Um, But... Like I'm trying to think of an N64 game I particularly like. Love and like Mario Mario Golf is about the only one I can really think of. Cause like I really can't think of any N64 games I particularly like. And I mean, Lylat Wars is okay, but other than that, meh. Almost, nah,
0: almost yeah. everything with Mario's name on it.
2: Well, yeah, Smash, and then there's Smash
0: probably.
2: But melee is so much better, and brawl is so much better.
1: I love brawl. So, so Neil, you have you ever played the uh, the old N sixty four?
0: Yeah, I actually have very few games for it. I just kind of look at it and I'm like, why is this here? Mm-hmm. I have uh, Paper Mario. I have yeah. uh, Ogre Battle sixty four, and yep. I have uh, uh, Mario Kart, and that's it.
2: Yeah, it's it's just that system that you're just like, okay, it's here.
0: Yeah. And that was another system that had a lot of rare games. Yay, rare!
2: Well, rare was big, was big because they come off of Donkey Kong Country and yeah. everything was Diddy Kong and Donkey Kong and whatever Kong.
0: But, so I kind of think of uh, Donkey Kong Country as kind of being an anomaly because like everything else they make, it's, it's like people forgot they made the uh, all those acclaimed games. They made uh, they made uh, the Friday the Thirteenth. Uh,
2: yeah, they made that or, game.
0: Yeah, and it's like really, you, you guys forget that this is the company that made slalom, that made, uh, made uh, up- Bell Toads. I mean,
2: they, they made a couple. Okay, they made a couple of good games, and yeah. and unfortunately, but you know, I remember when when Microsoft bought them, everyone was like, look, they bought Rare, but a lot of the original people were gone by that point. And honestly, by the time I would honestly say by the time like the N64 days and like the GameCube days. They were starting to lose people, yeah. and so they did you those could... stupid fairy, oh. those stupid fairy games. What was that? What was that game called? The fairy. And then I remember it was released for um, Xbox, and everyone was like, "It's the greatest game ever." Let me see if I that... yeah. Let me look this up.
0: While you're doing that, uh, the N64 also had that signature uh, fog and the blurry graphics. You walk up close to anything, and it just has that. Uh that anti-alias you know smudge look to it <laughs> Zelda the, the Ocarina of Time thank god they finally uh, remade that cuz the n 64 tables it horrible
2: yeah I, I just i don't remember i just don't uh, look at it as fond, that is a fond, you know fondly like other people do and i guess it's just because well, I know a lot of people look back on the N64 fondly because that was the system that they had. You know, it was the only system they had, and I understand that feeling. But I guess it's because like that that whole generation, except for the Saturn, really was disappointing. It was just a really down generation.
0: And then they came out with the they came out with like the Rumble Pack, and I'm kind of a battery style of like. You know, if you have like a like a five volt line in your in your uh, in your port, you shouldn't have batteries for anything. Like like the the PlayStation had the DualShock that didn't need batteries. So it was like, yeah. I'm not buying batteries for this. Fuck this. I don't need rumble. So, what do you think of
1: both uh, Microsoft and uh, Sony moving away from pro- proprietary uh, ports to straight up USB?
2: Well, it it it's, it makes sense. I mean. I mean it makes the supply chain a lot easier, like as far as like getting parts and stuff. So it's not a big deal. The only reason to make it proprietary is to force people to buy your controller, but you can do it like nowadays you can just use chip lockout and things like that, so it's not a big deal. But it's mostly I think it's a cheat it's a matter of keeping it cheap okay cameo was the name of that game and i remember this because it was originally being developed let's see i think it was originally being developed for yeah it was originally developed for gamecube then they were going to put it on xbox and then it was finally released for xbox 360. because rare had a whole bunch of games like this like that weird uh the weird star fox game on the dinosaur planet was originally like uh was going to have like furries or something
0: yeah, it was its own game. It wasn't Star Fox.
2: Yeah, it wasn't Star Fox at all, which, that game was so weird.
0: And that's, I think that's the only game they made for Game
2: I think it really was. But yeah, that that game was just, yeah, here's the artwork from the original, which, with Crystal as the main character.
0: Oh, you're looking at that. Going back to the PlayStation to Saturn, uh, the whole 2D versus 3D thing. Uh, I was really disappointed in the PlayStation because they they averted 2D for such a long time,
5: mm-hmm. and then
0: finally, Ark the Lad collection came out. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, what is this gorgeous <laughs> Super Nintendo game doing on my PlayStation? Thank you for designs.
2: Yeah, they actually had a policy in the early days of the PlayStation where they purposely made sure that 2D games weren't released in the United States. Like they, they had a thing against releasing, I think you had a quota actually, of how many 2D games you could release. And most people just said, fuck it, we're just gonna do 3D. And I think that really like, that's probably why I just remember the system being kind of blah, because everyone like, 3D honestly was not very good at that point. No. And so, I think that's why my, my first impressions of the pl- PlayStation are kind of blah. Like, Jumping Flash was really cute. But I remember that first set of PlayStation games just having kind of blah, blobby graphics.
1: And... Yeah, that was that was a time where you know, number one, you know, both PlayStation and N sixty four had this problem where it, they they try to say, oh, it's the same two ga- two D game, but it's an open world and it's really rough polygons and it's an open world with with no barriers around it, or if there are barriers, they're very very forced barriers because mm-hmm. this is this is around the time where the programmers made like a very strict narrow path that you can they say oh you can roam in this whole 3D realm but honestly there's just actually this really narrow path that if you get off of the programs you know what you're doing and you mm-hmm. fell into an abyss of polygons. Yeah Crash Bandicoot kind of did that. Yeah. Kind of. Like, okay, I, oh the
2: man books. I'm remembering Bubsy 3D.
1: I mean like, I had to hand it The Mario 64 didn't have that that badly at all.
2: But you do know that, that like Nintendo was very angry at Miyamoto. For making Mario 64 because the Mario 64 basically pushed the limits of the N64, and they were very pissed off because they were like, God damn it, Miyamoto, you pushed the system on the first game.
0: How do we top this?
2: Yeah, it, it's like Mario World. They were very pissed off about Mario World because they were like, This pushes the system.
1: And and they really couldn't make a second Mario until, until they had the GameCube and they did the Sunshine.
2: Well, they they did do like um, Yoshi's Island Two, which you know. Ah, uh, let's was never very...
0: speak of that again.
2: <laughs> that one was. Are
0: you are you talking about the DS one or the or uh, Yoshi's no, story? No, I'm, I'm
2: thinking Yoshi's story. That's the one. That was yeah. pretty. I mean, but like. That's that's was...
0: when that's the game where Yoshi became an idiot, and he yeah. got the baby voice. <laughs> where whereas before he kind of sounded like a vacuum cleaner.
2: Yeah,
0: I remember that. But. Did uh, you?
2: but yeah, man, Mario's getting to the GameCube, getting into that generation.
0: Neil is still in that generation. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I got I got my Game Boy player on it. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like reliving the SNES days. I was your because oh, yeah. Game Boy Advance was kind of canceled.
2: Well, Game Boy Advance. Okay, the only irritation I had with Game Boy Advance was the lack of an X and Y button, which I was like, why? You could add this; it wouldn't be that big a deal. Like, you, you don't have to have that for backwards compatibility, guys. But, you know, whatever. Um, I did enjoy that for all the, the Super Nintendo. And I did I did love my GameCube. I mean, like I said, I regret selling some games for it. But it was an okay little system. I mean, there were some... There was Melee. There was... Uh, I can't really recommend Sunshine, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, that was kind of...
1: Yeah, that was... You know that it didn't have, like, a title title? It was Super Mario Sunshine. Mm -hmm. It wasn't Super Mario... It wasn't Super Mario Island or anything that. It was just Super Mario Sunshine. I think that
0: was definitely the odd one out. It was like a side story. It was like Super Mario Gaiden.
2: Yeah, it it was sort of... Well, I do remember there was some irritation within Nintendo about that game and, like, the direction it took. And the only thing I can say that was good about that game was really the, um what I refer to as the Biomoto levels, which were the, like, secret levels, which were, like, impossible to get past. And that's the only part of the game I actually enjoyed. The rest of the game was kind of like, I hate this freaking water flood thing. I hate this thing so much. I wish I wasn't playing Mario tank game. But... and See, I, that's, when,
0: that's when you stop and you put in, uh, uh, Fire Emblem instead.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um... And then there was Ikaruga Ikur- got released to the system, and it's a really good shooter. Uh, but of that generation, I say Dreamcast is honestly my favorite of all that that generation. And it was just because like the Dreamcast had some some pretty good games for it. like the Crazy Taxi games were really good, um, Jet Set Radio was pretty good. And it was a really great emulation machine, I have to say, because, I mean, that was one of the first systems that I was able to emulate games on, and it was perfect for it. I mean, the controller wasn't terrible, and it was pretty It was pretty speedy on, on loading shit, so it was a great NES uh, emulator machine. Mm-hmm. It couldn't do Super Nintendo very well, though.
0: But you know what does do Super Nintendo emulation very well? It's the GameCube. Oh,
2: yes, yes. <laughs> And then, and the Xbox, the Xbox does a pretty good job. Yeah, like, my late, my later consoles actually became emulation machines. And then Wii was perfect because it was like, we'll just sell you the games, okay?
1: Oh, one thing I loved was, uh, was you know, Sony had a very interesting policy with backwards compatibility, and they did it, they did it straight up hardware because, the, basically the sound, the sound that hardware for the PS2 was a
0: PS1 and oh. uh, that is strangely common that that was also true of the Genesis they used the Master System uh, chip as the sound chip
2: well because it was just cheaper it was honestly and like- that,
1: that was actually that was actually brilliant because it was full 100% hardware emulation No, uh, you know no software emulation layer mm-hmm. perfect Perfect. Well, okay, almost perfect. I know, like, there's a there's a two percent that didn't work right, but right, almost perfect results. And yeah, you, know, you PS- really don't
0: need to play some of those. I had a game in mind. I can't.
1: And uh, PS3, at least the, the big version had that too. The, oh
2: yes, the sixty gigger. Yeah, the
1: sixty gigger had where the sound hardware for it was a PS2, and then they and then Sony's like, oh yeah, oh, by the way, we're gonna stop doing this.
2: Well, it was because and, and and the real reason behind it was they just didn't want to keep that that plant open.
1: Yeah, not to mention the fact that it, it, it was sort of a downer for something where the PS2 was still, you know, people were making new titles still.
2: And that's the, that's the thing. They really should have just kept that capability because that was part of the reason I put off getting PlayStation 3 as long as I did because I really just wanted something to be able to play my PlayStation 2 machine you know games on and play Blu-ray. And when they took that out, I, it took me a while to get one because I was like... Through that, not getting it till it's cheaper.
1: Yeah, they, they, you know, I, I think a lot of people agree. Oh, with man, that like, they should have kept that going.
2: Well, when the 360 came out, that was a nightmare. Like,
1: yeah, there was, there was basically it. They had to, they had, a, they continually released patches that gave some software emulation.
2: Well, like the and, the, and the, the, the original list of games that were compatible at first were like so schizo.
1: Well, like I, a, I know that they kept the Halo.
2: Yeah, well, Halo actually wasn't in the original list, and then they added it to the the final list before the system came out. Barbie was one of the, Barbie's horse trainer was, like, one of the titles. I remember being like, really? And I think what was going on is, is that if you were aware of what was about to happen, you went ahead and programmed your game correctly, and then some games were just magical, I guess. But I just remember, like, that was the hardest thing to explain to people right before the 360 came out. Yeah, that,
1: yeah, Basically, they were saying they were saying, "Nope, we're going to do it as a software em- a software emulation layer."
2: Well, because you know why you know why they did they, they, that.
1: They sw- switched, they switched the chipset.
2: Well, and you know why? Because they screwed over Nvidia. That's they true. they did not pay them back. Like they said, "Oh, we'll pay you once when we make a profit," oh. and they never made a profit. And so then Nvidia was like, "Okay, bitches, you can't use our uh, our API." Unless you pay up, and so they were forced to go with ATI, and of course they had to emulate all that stuff. So, yeah, that was that was brilliant on Microsoft. It, and like I remember, it was something small. Like it was like something like four million dollars. It wasn't. It was like something that Microsoft could have. That was in their change drawer. Yeah, like they they easily had that money back then. But I think it was just a matter of principle. No, just Microsoft's a bunch of dicks.
1: And uh, you know the uh, GameCube and the Wii had a much easier emulation time because the Wii is pretty much the GameCube with yeah. motion controls. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. It, um, which was actually a really smart move if you really think about it because there, there really didn't need to be a jump in graphics because if you really see it, the Wii actually ended up being the winner of this generation. Oh, and yeah. It, yeah, and they, it was, they made
1: money, yeah.
2: Well, it's because, like... Okay, so the jump from, like... I would say from 8-bit to 16-bit was a big jump. And then the jump from 16-bit to 32-bit was a big jump. But then the jump to, like, to 64-bit... With, like, the PlayStation 2, the GameCube, and the Xbox... There was a jump in graphics, but it wasn't, like... It wasn't until, like, later in the cycle that we started getting really good graphics. And then, like... I think by that point, people had just sort of been spoiled by graphics. And yes. they were really just looking for something new. And like Nintendo was really smart to just say, you know what? Let's just do something crazy with the controller. The same bother with the graphics update. We're just going to do a minor graphics update. We'll let those other two spend tons of money on a graphics update. And it didn't really work out all that well for them like they are doing okay I, I, I get well Sony's not doing okay and Microsoft I guess is still here and they're doing they're doing better than Sony but but it really just looks like people are honestly like getting kind of burnt out on graphics because like if you really get down to it most people are just playing games on their iPhone or their handhelds because well that's cheap it's easy and they don't really care because like one of the best stories I've got about like why graphics don't matter is this woman came into GameStop and she she wanted the Namco arcade collection that had Pac-Man on it. And the way she put it was, I want that, gra- that Pac-Man, it's got them good graphics.
5: <laughs>
2: and that was when I realized that to people, they don't really care about the graphics, they really only care about gameplay. But graphics is the only thing they can see, so they... They judge games on that, but when it gets down to it, they really only care about how well does this play. And honestly, yeah, I gotta say, Pac-Man has good graphics.
0: Well, what's interesting is that uh, for for my nephew and nieces, uh, Mm -hmm. whenever they have a birthday or when Christmas comes around, I I always buy them a few virtual console games. Yeah. And those are always a huge hit. Like I I just got them uh, uh, Bomberman '93, and they love it. And meanwhile, hey, my- all these like dance party games that they had are just kind of sitting on a shelf now.
2: Yeah, uh, my 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 uh, husband's little cousins they they mostly play the old arcade classics. In fact, they uh, they don't really like any of the newer games. Like their parents have bought them some of the newer games, and they're just like, nah, I don't care. I want to play Pac Man or I want to play Dick Like one of them's obsessed with Dig Dug. Wow. And I'm like, yes. But in a way, I'm kind of. It's also kind of sad because it's like, are there any games in this generation that they, they're really going to play? And like, I look at a lot of the games in this generation, and I have to honestly say, like, it's a lot of the same old stuff. Like, I'm playing, Mar- I'm playing Mario 3D Land, and I'm playing it, and it's it's okay, but it's just I'm kind of playing it, and I'm thinking, this is this Mario 64 with some isometric views?
0: Yeah, it feels like you've already been here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it and like there's some kind of cool uh like gameplay elements, but it's it's like I've played this. And like I'm I have a feeling when I get the Sky Skyward sword, I think it's going to be good, but I'm just I'm hoping I'm not going to be thinking, "Oh, it's updated Ocarina time already." Right. I, I I mean, I'm trying to think of a game like I played recently that I liked and Goda for uh ios is pretty good and it's just a simple little arcade game of a little goat hopping up a mountain and fucking goats and having babies and, and goats. yes yes, <laughs> you get pregnant and you, ha- you give birth to little go- little kids and then you you hop up the mountain and your magical rainbow kids kill the ball bo- kill little bad guys for you. Oh, and there's a Pinkie Pie from uh My Little Pony level. It's like Pinkie Pie Land or something like that. Yeah. It's is this is the like most cracktastic fun game I've played in a long time. And it's just simple. And I and I I, I love it because it is so simple. And I think that's like that's where the hope of video games are. It's little simple games like that. Going back to like an arcade like experience of like, ooh, I'll put a quarter on that. Except here it's yeah, I'll pay a dollar for that.
1: And then of course, there are the birds which are angry.
2: Yeah, I did not really like Angry Birds. It, like, I, I, my husband kind of fusses at me when I call it it call it Worms update because he's like Worms is a better game, and I agree, Worms is a better game, but it's just <laughs> basically simple Worms.
1: You know that company made like a billion dollars off of that one game.
2: I know Worms is. Worms is fun, but like uh, Angry, Bird, Angry, <laughs> Angry Birds. Angry Birds
1: became a multimedia empire overnight.
2: I know, and Angry Birds is just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's this effect of it, it, it. It's a simple game that it doesn't take much to get into, and everyone just started getting into it. It's kind of like Pac-Man. Everyone just started playing it now. Yeah, or Tetris. I mean, people just like a simple little game they can just solitaire. I mean, for God's sakes, how many old people have I seen just playing solitaire on their computer or Minesweeper? Like,
1: funny story about uh, Tetris is the actual guy who created Tetris.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he he was like day. he was
1: like he was almost screwed over.
2: Yeah, yeah,
5: well,
1: because... and it was like a delayed flight between two of two people in Nintendo is what make, ensured he still kept the rights to Tetris, and he, he was able to make all that money. If it wasn't that delayed flight, he would have he gone screwed.
0: I think you're mixing up two different stories, because you're talking about, that's actually the rep of Nintendo you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, who didn't make the game but he yeah, yeah I mean, he was basically yeah he basically screwed Tangan out of their uh, Tetris deal thing. Tangan yeah. had to recall all
4: those cartridges
2: and, and the, guy cre- the guy who created Tetris did it for the communist government so it was like yeah. he didn't get any money it's like the, it's like the, and like there's tons of stories like that like one of my favorites is the Hello Kitty story. The woman who designed Hello Kitty designed Hello Kitty, and then when she was just not getting any money, or nothing was going on with Hello Kitty, she left the company. Right after she left the company, they debuted Hello Kitty. Wow. And she does not have the rights to Hello Kitty.
0: That is... That is. Dickery.
2: Yeah. That is some major dickery. I've actually bought some of her uh, recent characters she's designed, like Angel Kitty and things like that, just because I felt bad. <laughs> I was like, I have so much Hello Kitty stuff. here. But
1: I'll yeah, the that. the actual Russian guy who designed Tetris, he actually does. He, he like works at some big game company now. And yeah. all he does is he designs puzzle, puzzle games that nobody ever sees because all he does is he just designs puzzle games and that's it.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
5: That's,
2: that's fine. That's fine. We should let him. We should get him acquainted with uh with Android and iOS, and get us to make get him to make us some puzzle games. You do know see. the
1: song from Tetris is actually a real Russian song.
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. On my iPhone, let's see what I got right now playing. I'm playing Mage Gauntlet. Go up. Got my Turbo Graphics 16 emulator, so I can play Devil's Crush. Excellent. Oh yeah.
1: Let's see here. I have I have uh, on my Android phone. I have my uh, SNES emulator, so I can play uh, Super Punch Out.
2: I almost bought I almost bought Secret of Mana today for for my iPhone, but then I read that the controllers totally blew all balls because I don't like like okay. One of the things I'm mostly getting irritated with with playing games on on like my phone is that all these companies are trying to like put a d-pad on the screen yeah, yeah
0: to stop and oh. i'm like
2: okay like let's see what game was i thinking of but like okay so the mage gauntlet which is made for forehand like i think it was made for ios but i mean i could be wrong uh it it plays like secret of mana but there is no d-pad i can just put my left thumb down anywhere on the the screen and that basically is the d-pad I don't have to use a D-pad. There's an optional one, but like I've been trying to play Shining Force, and it is impossible because you gotta put your hand on a certain place. And I'm like, stop this! Just stop.
1: What I love is after Android 3.0, Android 3.0 and 4.0 onward is Android has full USB support. I, I actually tested this out. I grabbed every USB device I had and just started plugging them into my Android tablet, saying, "Well, this one, oh, nice. Ho- holy shit, the, the the PS3 controller works on my Android tablet, and it's like it just works." I plugged in my printer, and the printer freaking works. I'm like, I am going I I want to see if I can throw this thing a curveball, and I That's couldn't. It, nice. It's it's like full USB support. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's. I was just, I was just shocked. I, I, I just kept on trying to throw a curveball, and I'm like, let's see if it actually does the the uh, Bluetooth with my ps 3 controller. Holy shit, it does! Wait, what? What is this? Yeah. It, this is just it, this. I can just That's throw crazy. anything USB at, the, at my Android tablet, and 4.0 actually has a, uh, what, what uh, Google promised with the Android 4.0 Ice Cream Sandwich is, they promised that number one the Galaxy Nexus is freaking powerful they said that you could actually use the dock to plug it into a TV and use the Bluetooth to use a, to use a, a, an Xbox or a, a or a psV controller to play games and and they demonstrated some of that and I'm like oh, cool. whoa
2: yeah I, I, I do really want a, uh, a joystick but I, I have been actually because of the whole d-pad on a touchscreen sucks I have been avoiding games that say has a d-pad I'm like nope it's not good.
1: But gonna yeah, get a
2: game that's specifically designed for this system. That's but yeah, really I, was, I, was, I
1: was I was actually shocked that like like I said, I just I just kept on grabbing USB shit. You know, like...
2: <laughs> no, no, no. I understand when you've got when you've got something new and you're like, oh, what can it do? I like uh, headphones. There's...
1: Headphones kind of work. They didn't work 100, percent but they kind of worked.
2: It's kind of like when I got Barcode uh, Konojo from for uh, I, iOS. I was like scanning every single barcode I could get my hands on to see if like what I what kind of girl because it was like a game where you get girlfriends for each barcode.
1: Oh, that reminds me. Do you remember? Do you remember little uh, handheld video game system? It was like barcode fighters where you where it showed commercials with kids in the store scanning barcodes, yeah. like, yeah, like yeah, yeah, man fighting the chips man or some other bullshit. Yeah,
2: like- yeah, I remember those. And um, there was one for Game Boy. I remember. Uh, didn't get released in the United States, but yeah, I remember that. And this is kind of similar in that what you do is is like you date these girls that are created from the barcodes, and if someone's already created that car- that uh, that barcode girlfriend, like you can try to steal it, steal her from oh, that guy. God. Like, well, and like, <laughs> the only one that I tried for really seriously was White Saturn. Like someone had scanned a White Saturn box. And I had scanned a white Saturn box, so you wanted trying- that
1: white Saturn bad, didn't
2: you? Yeah, and I tried and I tried, but it was obvious that there there's the guy who owned her uh, was like some obsessive guy who's like scanning every bit of his video game collection, and he was spending every waking moment of his day ensuring that he made all made sure all his girls stayed with him. So
1: he had a video game hero.
2: Yes, so I—that's about the oh. time I just said this game is just stupid. I'm not playing anymore because, <laughs> like, I knew that I was not going to be able to win against people who are seriously playing this game. I don't know. It was just—it was kind of an interesting game, but—and it was fun to be able to name. You could name the girls if it was the first time that car- that uh, barcode had ever been scanned. So I named them all after food items.
1: Yeah. Okay. So. so so Neil, any other major points you can
0: hit on this special? Um, well there is one little thing I wanted to go all the way back to the Master System. Because there there's a little secret It's not about I, I think about fifty, maybe more uh, Master System games and that is that a lot of the games that came out in America support the uh, the FM chip add on that never came out. It came yeah. out in Japan. But uh, a lot, a lot of them were only released in America. So there's a whole bunch of these games that have a soundtrack that, like, nobody or people have rarely ever heard. Yeah. And you can actually you can you can solve this two ways. You can either kind of uh, do a mod on your uh, on your Master System, like solder one in, or you can just buy a Japanese Master System. And you could buy something called a, a gender converter that goes on the port in the back, and you can plug cartridges in that way, and it'll uh, it'll read your uh, your U.S. Master System game, and uh, the the it's quite astonishing how how much better it is because the Master System is not having very good sound chip. Oh hell no! And the FM chip is actually quite good. It's not as good as like uh, the Genesis. <laughs>
2: i think the tech toy uh master systems actually had the fm chip in them like uh, like i real one i really want is the master system girl which was actually one of those rf um broadcasting ones that it's wireless it's got you, you can you can either plug it in or you can put batteries into it and it basically sends through the rf like you could pick up the signal and you can just play it wirelessly. And I really want one of these. Eventually, I just, they're really hard to get.
0: Sega had a weird thing about just experimenting with, uh, with restructuring the consoles. I mean, it, yeah,
2: they, I they, think
0: the Genesis alone there was like six different models released in the U.S. But two different, only two different cases.
2: And that that actually like that like I think a lot of the like variations on the system. Well, I know that like with the early uh, SG1000 and the SG3000 and all that, it was just because they were adding features. But, like, in the case of, like, Brazil, I know it was because a tech toy was, like, in charge of the system, so they just tried many, many different versions. And in America, it might have just been because Tonka was in charge of the master system, they might have just been trying all sorts of things. Kind of like how Sears with the uh, Atari rebranded it, and with the uh, Intellivision, I know they rebranded it. Yeah, like they called them different things in the catalog, and I think they also tried to do that with the Nintendo system, but they did—they weren't able to do that. Like Sears was like pretty pushy about like we want to put our name on this.
0: Someone came out with a Nintendo TV. It was an NES built into a television
2: set. Oh yeah, I remember that. Um...
0: But but yeah, the Genesis was just crazy because you had you had model one, two, and three. Then you had the XI. Then you had the CDX. And then you had the Nomad and there might be more but those are the those are the main six that i always think of it was, it was really bizarre no other system really did that
1: yeah, no like... no and the snes only had only had in the nes and the snes only had two models each i mean they had yeah. the regulars and the slims i mean the original nes how those cartridges load again you had to, you had to open up the flap push it mm-hmm. in and push it down
2: and why is it like that? Because of the video game, cr- the video game crash, and people were wary of anything that looked like a computer system. So they brilliantly made it look like a VCR.
5: They
0: brilliantly so, made something that
2: it broke that, all the uh, time.
0: Broke all the time, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's why I, I actually own a top loader just because I I got tired of trying to coax the thing to. You know, work. So I just finally broke down, bought the top loader with the bone controller.
0: Oh, I wish I had the bone controller. What I, I, I did was I, I just opened up my NES, I snipped that one pin on the uh, on the lockout chip, yep. and it never blinked again.
2: Yep. <laughs> you gotta do surgery on that thing. Yeah. But yeah, like, the, with the Genesis, I know it's like, the reason they did so many redesigns was, like, the first Genesis was honking big.
1: didn't you have to use, like, some sort of weird metal clip to get the 32X to clip into the original, the original, original Genesis. It,
2: it, it doesn't seat very well. Like, it, it walks. I, I just
1: remember seeing this There's
0: big, a, giant, freaking metal clip.
2: Yeah. It's it, not
5: the
0: metal clip. It's, it had a, uh, the metal clip was for, uh, it was some FCC thing they had to, yeah. uh, okay. have shielding, but, uh, the, what, what it actually had was this, uh, they had this extra ring that the that the uh, 32x would sit on that was actually for the model two the model one you didn't need the ring but yeah it was kind of it it didn't really fit the model one very
2: well it it never fit the model two well either it didn't fit and like it just didn't fit very let's be honest here the, the 32x is just a piece of shit Well, you can
0: play Calibri, the the greatest hummingbird simulator of all time.
2: Yes, best hummingbird shooter simulation of all time. I actually, the reason I bought my 32X, well, I I lucked into the 32X because some kids were selling it, but, um, and I got it for five dollars because they didn't know what it was and it it didn't, they did bring back the AC cable, which then I, I think I gave them an extra dollar for that, but, um. But it didn't come with any games, and I only bought it so I could buy a copy of Calibri. because wow. I played that. I played that at Disney World in a beta form at that Sega World thing that they used to have at Epcot, yeah. and I and I was like, I gotta finish this game, and I I don't regret buying my 32x. For, well, I paid so much for Calibri compared to the system,
0: because
2: <laughs> yeah, I actually I had to buy it. I had to.
0: That system has. A very short list of must haves. I mean, there's there's Virtua Fighter, which is like the best for Virtua Fighter. apparently.
3: Yeah. I
1: uh,
5: win.
0: <laughs> uh, Afterburner was pretty good, um, and there was Tempo. Which I don't have, but it looks it looks like a pretty solid platformer. And then there's Knuckles Chaotix. <laughs> oh my God! After after Sonic Three and Knuckles, greatest Sonic game never. ever. Yeah, we love we love Sonic. Right yes. There. Yes. Yeah. After that wonderful game, we get Knuckles' Chaotic You know that that thing got got passed around so much. It was supposed to be a Genesis game, and it got put, it got put on the 32x, and then they yeah. took Sonic out and made it Knuckles. Oh yep. my
2: god! It, just, and it
0: doesn't even feel like a finished game.
2: Well, I mean, like the 32x just feels so rushed. Just well, it, it's just it, it was just basically the gas, the last gasp of the Genesis before they could they could cobble together the Saturn and it just like Sega just sort of went downhill like so quickly and it's so sad because like they had everything going for them and like I I have this argument all the time about like I really wish that Sega had not gone with the the Dreamcast model that they had gone with I really wish they had gone with the American model which was supposed to use more off-the-shelf parts and it wasn't supposed to use the GD-ROM. It was a, It was called, like, the one they ended up going with was Katana, and Black Belt was the one that was being developed by the American team. Now, it did use a, 30, a 3DFX uh, graphics card, which really would have been bad for them years later when 30, when they went out of business, but it would have been a better system because it would have just had more off-the-shelf parts. It would have been easier for PC game. Many, you know, programmers to program for it would only have just been the Xbox, which was the strength of the Xbox being, oh, this is just a PC. <laughs> I mean, and then you throw that right out the window on the next console, Microsoft. Good job there.
0: <laughs> you know, the 32X, I think that was actually a coincidence thing. that, I think, I think the Japanese was wringing their mm-hmm. hands waiting for them to mess up. Well, I, I, mean, think that, I think that's how they got him out
2: that, t- that, whole, that whole period was like the era of scapegoats like yeah. him and then Gunpei Yokoi over at Nintendo they blamed him for all their, their bad luck when it was really just fitness management like, he honestly pleaded them not to release the, the virtual boy because he was like I'm just playing around with this and the version he had working in the um, in the lab had had colors but, oh wow yeah it actually had full color but he he couldn't make it cheap enough and that was and his whole his whole philosophy was withered technology which means don't use the latest and brightest use what's tr- tried and true and he knew that like laser technology just wasn't there yet and so he went ahead and did it and did it all in red because red was the cheapest you cheapest you could get
0: and then they made him walk the plank and then he made the Wonder why
2: and then he got killed by truck I know. Well, the Wonder Swans, a re- and actually, I love the Wonder Swans. As, as kooky as it is, it's a great little system. It works on one AA battery, for God's sake.
0: My God. <laughs> I
2: know, and like, and you can even plug in the little light. It get okay, so it gets. I'd say it gets ten to twelve hours of battery life off that one little AA, and then you could even plug in a light to it, and it would still get about eight hours out of it because it wasn't backlit, and it was a good little system. I actually, I have the Final Fantasy Two edition, because I really wanted the Final Fantasy games for it, because it was the only games I could think of that I wouldn't have to know a lot of Japanese to play. Yeah, I admit. And, uh, but it was a good little system. I actually, I really love it, and I really wish that it hadn't been creamed by the, the advance, but let's be honest, Nintendo was bigger, and also finally secured square. Yeah. So that was the end of Wonder Swan. I need to get a swung crystal, is what I need to get at some point. Just because it's got a better sound chip, and why not? It, it's it's a cute little system.
0: There are some, yeah, there's still some lost games that are on that thing. Uh, uh, what, what's the what's the one Namco character that has a big floppy ears? So. Klonoa. Yeah, there's a Klonoa game on there. Yeah. and it looks really good and I'm like god damn it.
2: There are actually some pretty good games for um, for Wonderswan. It's just no one knows about them because you know yes. Uh, but it's just um, unfortunately it was never released in the United States. Why the Neo Geo Pocket was ever released in the United States I will never know. The thing is just the weirdest little system. Better I mean love it. I mean, I love. Okay, I have a soft, a soft spot in my heart for the for the Neo Geo Pocket. I really need to get myself one. I think it's also cute. It had a horoscope. but it's just the weirdest little system. It's like, where did this system come from? It's just like, it's weaker than the the Wonder Swan, and it it was released in the United States, and that just always blew my mind. Like, how did this happen? And but I mean, it makes. It, it was a little cute little system. I don't, and the fighting games were terrible, <laughs> which is funny because it was a it was a SNK system. Mm. I know yeah.
0: I know someone who loves Gal's Fighter.
2: Mm. Gal's Fighter pretty cute, but, but just <gasps> Neo Geo Pocket.
0: I think that's the one that has Iori as, uh, as, a, as the end boss in, in Drag.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think that that was... I, I don't really remember it all that well. Like I said, I've only played him, like... People would bring him into GameStop, and they of course we didn't take him back in at the point that they bring him in, and I would try offering money for him, and it was never enough, because they'd be like, I want, like, $200, and I'm like, I am not giving you $200 for your system. <laughs> You
0: are crazy. One thing one thing I have to say about the Game Boy Advance is that the uh, uh, Fantasy Star Collection came out on that. And it, had, yeah. it finally had uh, Fantasy Star 1, which was exclusive to the Master System. Yep. And I'm like, yes, my Master System Collection is now complete. I never <laughs> have to think about buying one now.
2: Yep, that that was one of the games I bought. And um, yeah, never have to bring out the Master System. Because like, honestly, the only reason I got my Master System... Was for the 3D glasses. I just wanted, I just wanted to try it out because, like, getting the Nintendo 3D glasses is a little harder, and getting a game that works with it is even harder. So I just figured it's easier on Master System. I want to see what 3D looked like back then. Oh man, this is terrible. All right. <laughs> yeah. But um, good times.
0: Oh, yeah. really quick, I just wanted to bring up some uh, the topic of. Uh, Console peripherals because we didn't really talk about it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I'm only going to bring up two. And they're <laughs> my two favorites. One is the ASCII grip. It's a one-handed controller. It came out for the SNES. Yes.
2: Yeah. The
0: Saturn, the PlayStation one, and there's one for the PlayStation Two. Yes.
5: Yeah.
0: And it is great. It is great if you if you love RPGs. You can just sit there with yeah. your hands in your lap, and people will be like, "What the hell are you doing?" It's like I'm playing a video game.
2: Yeah, I know. The- I, I was. I was. Rolled over those. I just never
0: got one. Yeah. <laughs> just the I, other one, the other one is the Ori Digital Pad for, for GameCube.
2: Oh yeah. It
0: looks like an SNES pad. Yeah. It, I, it's great if you have the Game the Game Boy Player, the uh, uh, Breath uh, not Breath. I always I always get these two games mixed up. It's not for, it's Fire Emblem Path of because that uses the D pad, and then I think uh, a few other GameCube games, uh, especially the Classics Collection like. Uh, uh, the Sonic Collections
5: and
2: yeah.
0: stuff like
2: that. My favorite peripherals, I'd have to say, are um, well, the, uh, ASCII, the ASCII Turbo Controller for the uh, for the original Super Nintendo that had all the toggle switches on it. That's that, that one has a special place in my heart because it's really the only way you can get through that stupid drinking game in uh, Chrono Trigger. You just oh, basically yeah. turn that on and you've got it.
5: <laughs>
2: and uh like i tried later to play that on um pc and um i ended up like coming up with a way to put my foot on one of the buttons oh yeah it was like you know that game where you like trying to hit the the stars to basically knock the monsters away like in the tent in uh the millennial fair well you got to keep hitting the button so that you can keep hitting the um the reset button well, what I ended up doing was is putting my foot on the run button, and then I put my hand on the D-pad, and then I just kept hitting the um the B button as fast as I could, so I, A button as fast as I could, so I could click things because I didn't have my turbo. And that's when I was like saying, "I wish I had my ASCII controller." But the other one I'd have to say is probably the uh, Nintendo disc, the Nintendo sixty-four disc drive. I do not actually own one. I wish to own one. But it is the most fail-tastic thing ever. I mean, I would some... love
0: to just—I would love to have one just as a conversation piece. What is I that mean... tumor on the bottom of your ins? I mean, well, let the... me tell you a story.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, like the Bandai saddle of you is pretty ugly, but like the Nintendo sixty-four disc drive is like. Like, Nintendo trying to resurrect an old idea, the old disk drive for the original Famicom, which was an okay stopgap until they were able to make the cartridge sizes bigger. But, like, it was just such a fail idea, and it also harkened back to, like, the the Super Nintendo CD, which, come on, Nintendo, give up on these peripherals. You're, You're just gonna have to do it. And I think they honestly finally got over it. And I'm gonna... I think the... I remember reading something that the Wii mode was actually supposed to be an add-on for the GameCube.
0: Yeah, it was.
2: And I'm so happy that Nintendo didn't just make it an add-on, because, like, look how well that's going for, for uh, Sony and Microsoft. I mean, the Kinect is selling very well, but most of the people I know that have a Kinect are just using it for robot experiments.
1: But to be like fair the- you 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 are big in the robot uh, community. Yeah, but I, so. but I mean
2: but I mean I've said so if you hooked up to your ins- to your 6 360 and they're like no I'm like but you own one they're like yeah I don't care. Well, I you,
1: you, well you know Microsoft is giving away money if you if you show off a good. I know. So
2: I know, but it's just like like the move. The move is just like what Really? The move is
1: basically. Move is basically a camera that just tracks
2: a glowing I ball. Okay, it's pretty good. It's got some good accuracy. But I, we were playing with it, and we we're just like, so is it 2006 again? And I just got my Wii, and like with the with the Kinect, I have played with the Kinect, and it's just sort of like, yep, yeah, doing motion. I can
0: hug a tiger.
2: Yeah, like I, I mean, the only cool thing was the, like trying to control the uh, the media player. But I was, like, doing it with my hands, and I was like, this is gonna get old.
3: Well,
1: the big idea is, actually, the the body tracking is incredible. If you actually look at the wireframes it tracks, it, no, is, no, it is scary much. good. It is scary good. But, but, but,
2: but the problem is, is, like, things that I've noticed are the resolution isn't very good. You can only have two people going. And I'm like, I wish you guys had, like... You know, worked on this a little more and then released it as its own system.
1: Well, 80 points on two people is still 80 points of motion on two people, is still fairly processor it's, heavy. No, that,
2: so. that is still very processor heavy. I know, I know that, but I'm just saying, like, they could have waited a year and like released it as its own system.
1: And I really think that the way it tracks it, it tracks you know 3d motion as stereoscopic vision because it has two cameras so yeah. it tracks it just like we track motion with our eyes no no it's a, uh, it's, it's, a... it's it's so much better than what the psi with the, with the we move with the ps move is because the ps Move yeah. is, it says okay is the ball getting bigger or smaller
2: but it, it's a little smooth i have to admit that the move is a little smoother now i know that the camera on the connect is a very good camera it was originally designed as a military camera. And it was actually shopped around to a lot of people before Microsoft finally bought it, including Nintendo, who looked at it and said, you're freaking crazy. Because at the time that they were shopping it around, it was a $1,000 camera. I don't know how much it costs Microsoft now, but it was fairly expensive.
1: And even Apple was offered it once. But yeah. You know it, about that.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's a good idea. It's just, I wish they had spent more time on it. And it probably would have been excellent, but they just... I guess it was because they were scared of the move, which they really shouldn't have been. Because, like, the move was just, like, even from, like, when I when they first announced it, I thought my husband was joking. Because he came in and told me about it, and I was like, no, you're fucking kidding me. We're attacking
1: a lollipop, yes.
2: Well, no, more like, so they make fun of the Wiimote for so long, and now they're going to release their own. No. Hey,
1: no. At least they had Kung Fu Riders. <laughs> that is a...
2: Now, I admit that I do like the controller. I do admit that I like the fact, you know, the two dongles are, are separated and and everything like that. But, like, it's really just a stupid concept. Because I'm like, I have a Wii. Because everyone who owns the console owns a Wii as well. Everyone I know.
1: That's true. Everyone I know owns a Wii and and something else. It's, it's, always, yeah. it's always like, you know, it's always like blank and guest at a wedding, it's, and the Wii is always the guest.
2: Yeah, it's like, I own a PS3 and a Wii, or I own a 360 and a Wii, and it, it's always that. So it's like, I don't see why I should get a move because I only bought it because we only bought it because we were just like, well, we'll just check it out, we'll try it. I'm so glad we did not invest in a second controller, because...
1: Yeah, those controllers got pretty steep then they?
2: Yeah, they were very, very steep. I mean they weren't okay, like the I think the reason that I thought they were steep was because I'd already bought so many Wii modes. So it was like I don't wanna I don't wanna do this again. Even though it's another system, I don't want to do this again.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just because
2: a... in my mind I'd really think of the move as just Wii with a little <laughs> better control. And the it glowing makes your ball wider. Yeah, yeah, the balls were cute. I, I, did, I did like the balls, but now, I, I mean, I, 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 I mean,
1: Sony's been tripping on balls, man.
2: Well, Sony's been tripping on something because, like, honestly, they like, they did some... have
1: a good ant campaign until they ruined it.
2: They just honestly. I, I,
1: I honestly, Kevin Butler was a great ad campaign. Oh
2: yeah, I mean that was great, and I'm just like, Sony, what happened to you? What happened? It got you? hacked. Well, no, what happened to Sony was they got high on the hog like everyone does, and then they just. Well, the hacking incident is just like that is the laziest ass programming thing ever. How they got hacked, and like, and you're seeing this with like a lot of manufacturers now, like. HTC, Sony, and who else got re- hacked recently? Nintendo got hacked recently. And it's like, it's lazy programming. Because like, with the, with the Sony, it was just so stupid. Because it was like, it would trusted anything. You could get anyone's information. It trusted any request as long as it was formatted correctly.
0: Like we said on another show, it was uh, credit card numbers .txt.
2: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Bill and, O'Reilly designed their uh, their entire system.
1: But uh, on that note, I think we should uh, wrap it up for the night, oh, yes. guys. Yeah. Yes. So uh, this was our video game special, our retro video game special, I should say. Yeah.
0: And uh, hopefully, it'll be it'll be the Black Friday special. Woo! Be
1: yeah, so, uh, so after you stuff out on our uh, Potluck special, be sure to check out our Black Friday special, and apparently on the Potluck episode, I was almost prophetic when I said that'd be like them making a Top Cat movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I just listened to that the day, I'm like, oh hey, we were just talking about that. And
1: Yeah, we uh, well then, the that was, cat. to be fair, that was recorded like eight months ago when I said yeah. that.
2: Yeah, and but, but It real. happened it's real, it's real.
0: D'Angato!
2: Okay, okay, I'm going to say...
0: It's like like that chicken sandwich thing that they uh, made at... What what, what restaurant was that? KFC. Yeah, KFC. It's real. Okay, i
2: got something. (laughs) I've got something.
1: Okay, go ahead, Kitty Hawk, and then I'll tell the Double Down story.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, Mama's Family Movie does not exist. Just saying. Oh, no. And now it will.
1: Okay, let me tell you the Double Down story. Uh, When the Double Down was first being tested in test markets... It was it was making news because, oh, my God, KFC's making a sandwich with no bread. There's two fried pieces of chicken as bread for yeah. the sandwich. And people were making a big deal about it. It was on the news everywhere. And all I did was one day I posted this on a forum. I'm a member of saying, hey, take a look at KFC's new sandwich. And this one guy posted really angry, like, this is so fake. There's no way this is real. Nah! And, and he says, I went down to a KFC. I'm like, I didn't know you were in Maryland because they said on the news report it's only being test tested in Maryland. And he got even more pissed off. He, he got he, he threw up such a fit he got banned. And, and, oh, and then when he no. got unbanned, I made it a point to make my avatar uh, on this forum, the KFC double down, with the caption, It's real.
2: That's excellent. So every that time,
0: sandwich looks so good.
1: It's, uh, every time I posted reply to him, I'm just sort of saying, "Yeah, you were wrong before, buddy."
2: It's not that, and it's honestly not that bad for you. I've seen one in life, and it's like, it's like, oh, so I eat a chicken breast and some cheese. All right, bacon too. Well, bacon. Okay. It actually the the, the
1: sh- scary thing is this technically the grilled version is worse for you than the fried version. Oh
2: god, yes. Like the grilled shit has like they inject it with so much like saline and crap in it's it. It's actually
1: it's actually what what kills you is the sodium. It's got like yeah. triple the sodium count.
2: You know that's it's- how you know you know how they get those uh the grilled chicken to look so plump. They inject it with saline. So you're just eating salt water, and it's like that's like at Walmart, like all the meat is injected with saline, which is why why the meat tastes like salt. But like, yeah, the grilled chicken at at KFC is some nasty. Yeah,
1: it's shit. It, 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 yeah. Like I said, this is a point where fried food is actually better for you than well,
2: grilled food. <laughs> I honestly gotta say I do not I do not particularly like KFC recently it's like almost like their quality has like totally tanked. almost it has totally tanked I mean to say like I, I don't like them like if I want fried chicken now I just go to Russia's which is not in every area unfortunately it's I think it's a South Carolina thing
1: I, but, I, I just go to Popeye's let's end on that note uh, I am your host Ben Cheese Mr. Neal
2: and Kittyhawk of SGBY.com. Visit it for sexy fun. Transgendered magical girls meet Norse gods.
0: All right, and good night. Oh, wait, wait, wait. R- really quick, I got to throw in some plugs. Uh, for some real video game aficionados, uh, go to YouTube. You're going to want to check out the following channels uh, Gamester81, Happy Console Gamer, Pete's Game Room, and Classic Game Room. Ooh. On the web, you can check out tv.com and LostLevels.org for retro gaming podcasts I recommend the retroleague.com, retrogamingroundup.com, uh Roleplayer's Realm on gamepro.com and of course the RetroNauts podcast which you can find on oneup.com and we ripped off their theme song at the beginning of the show that won't happen again it was just a joke. Um that's it. Yay. All right and good night.
2: Night. Goodbye.
5: You're listening to Retro Gaming Roundup,
3: the center for your retro gaming universe. All right, got one here from uh, TV's Mr. Neil. Um, don't know if you ever saw this, but it might be funny to have it on your show. Here's a Craigslist ad for an old CRT TV from the 90s, $250 or better for a 12-year-old standard definition TV. All right, let's see. Okay, it's from Charlottesville. Rutgersville, Virginia. Holy crap, that's funny. It says – okay, I thought it was Charlottesville, like uh, North, South Carolina, whatever it is. This is just down the road from me. Rutgersville is about 30 minutes uh, west of me. So let's see what this local boy has to say. This Panasonic TV has a 32-inch color screen. It gives a great display. It comes on uh, – it comes complete with its matching remote control. as has an excellent working condition. It's quite the classic optimal television to watch sporting events, movies, television shows, and more on. This type of television defines Super Bowl Sunday, as well as Thanksgiving football watching. Excellent satisfaction guaranteed. For further info, uh, please call me. Cash up front, two fifty your best offer, no haggle. Yes, and it truly is just a <laughs> basic TV. So I, I'm guessing that one did not sell.
4: Won't I go? <laughs> <laughs> There's a black a will I go. Welcome, one and all, to the Retro League podcast. I am Jungle Rat Rob, and joining me is Hugh. What's going on? I'll take, I think it's our last one, uh, from TV's Mr. Neil, who just says, Hey, here's a funny Craigslist ad he saw. So, uh, speaking of all these great TV hookups,
0: uh, if you live out in the. Uh, Rutgersville, Virginia area, you can get a great deal on a uh, CRT TV from the 90s. A 32 uh, inch <laughs> CRT TV for $250. Yes. <laughs> which I think you can get a 68 uh, inch plasma for
4: now. Um, yeah. We'll be able to on Black Friday, I think.
0: Uh, <laughs> yep. Cash only. No haggling.
4: <sighs> uh, oh, Craigslist. It's like eBay, but worse somehow
0: mm